You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Well, it's a moment these Motherwell supporters have waited 39 years to see. And listen to the acclaim for Tom Boyd. The Scottish Cup held a lot. Hello and welcome to a Scottish Football Forums podcast throwback special. On the 18th of May 1991, we saw one of the greatest Scottish Cup finals of all time as Motherwell defeated Dundee United by four goals to three in a pulsating affair at Hampden Park that had just about everything. 30 years on, we hear from a media man, two fans and a goal scorer from that incredible occasion. I am delighted to be joined by the man who commentated on that epic final, along with Ali McCoist, the voice of BBC Scotland for seven years, Jock Brown. Welcome along, Jock. How are you? Nice to see you. How are you? Yeah, good um, in these uncertain times. Uh, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, th- 30 years um, since Mother went on that incredible run to and yeah. playing that an amazing final in Scottish Cup. It's amazing how time mm-hmm. flies by. Absolutely right. It's the best final I've seen. Yeah, oh, from a neutral point of um, point of view, it was definitely the best final I've seen. And um, you know, it, it, the whole cup run came at a bit of a difficult time for the city, so for the town itself, because I understand mm, yeah. at that point that was when they announced that um, Ravens Craig was going to um, close. Well, the whole place was in, in desolation, really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a terrible time for the for the town of Motherwell, no question. Uh, really, all the news it had for a long, long time was bad, um, and this undoubtedly made an enormous difference. Yeah, because unemployment, I think, around about the, the early nineties, was uh, there was a recession at that point. It was still, it was mm-hmm. still the tail end of the Thatcher era, um, as we mentioned. Yeah. Ravens Cray was closing. It was quite high unemployment at Mother, so I mean, um, it was uh, you know hard, hard times. It was the worst, the worst period perhaps in my lifetime. Uh, for the town of Motherwell, no doubt about it. Because I used to work there. I, I was I was a legal practice in Motherwell mm-hmm. at that time, um, so I was very well aware of how things were becoming depressed. Uh, and I was also very well aware of how important it was for the football team to do well, mm-hmm. because the office I was in actually was a was a, a short walk from Fir Park. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you would have definitely got the buzz, um, but. I mean, when the draw was made um, for the the third rounds, you know, they must, there must have been a bit of fear um, getting drawn against the holders Aberdeen. Aberdeen were doing well in the league at that point. Um, that was the year they obviously lost the last day of the season to Rangers. It wasn't a yes. an easy task, but um, I think a lot of people would have written them off. But um, they they stuck to a good game plan, kept Aberdeen at bay, and then Steve Kirk comes on one touch, and the rest is history. The first touch he had, that's right. The the free kick, the short free kick played to him, that's right. And I remember it very well. And it was an incredible left foot shot. Uh for a long way out. And Theo Snelders was a was a good goalkeeper for Aberdeen. Oh yeah, he was um, one of the best in Scotland at that point. Um obviously being an Aberdeen fan. Um I, I was actually at a different game that day, but uh, and I came <laughs> out and I came out to hear that Aberdeen lost, I thought, oh right, okay, that was a bit strange. But um <laughs> but in in terms of that, I mean did you just basically get that game? Because at those points, it was before the um, before live matches came came in, and was it you? Did yes. you just get that game simply because it was viewed as the tie of the round? It was definitely well. There was a habit of going with the holders in the first round. That was quite a normal thing to do. Um, and Aberdeen with the holders, so it was not unexpected. And Motherwell weren't bad at the time; they weren't a bad side, so it was an attractive time. 
I can't remember what other ties were, whether there were any other good ties at that time, but but that certainly looked a very attractive one. Yeah, it, de- it definitely was. And uh, yeah, for Motherwell to pull, um, pull off that result, I mean, um, was it a shock to you that they managed to do that? that because I think it was the first time in like 26 years they'd even won at Pataudry. I would say, I wouldn't say a shock, but I would say a surprise. The reason it wasn't a shock yeah. for me was um, because of the manager, um, because he was a very, very cute individual. He knew his business very well, uh, and you knew that he would have a plan. He would have a plan for the task, and uh, frequently he could pull it out in a big game. And uh, uh, Well, I must confess, I, I did think Aberdeen over a piece would win, but uh, it wasn't a shock. Just a, just a surprise. Yeah, I, th- I think, well, given the fact that both teams are in the same division, to be fair, no, and, yeah. um, although there was a almost a golfing class at that point because Aberdeen were higher in the league, and Motherwell, as you rightly point out, were a decent side running around about mid-table. Um, yeah, they, they also were a decent side with one particular genius in the team. Yes. Uh, and when you're carrying a Davy Cooper in your team, you've always got a chance because you knew that Cooper was reliable to do something pretty special. Yeah, because at the age of, what, 35, 36 at that point, he still had skills and obviously he, he set up the goal for Steve Kirk that day. Um, he's, That's right. Because um, I think Aberdeen players were expecting the ball to be played into the box. And did Tommy McLean not say something like, don't you effing shoot? <laughs> to Steve uh, Kirk when he went no, on. Well, that was a, that was a different, no, that, that's a different story. Later, later in the semi-final, that was, that was the case. The goal um, scored in the semi-final and, mm-hmm. and the, the players, I know for a fact, shouted, they call on O'Neill, don't shoot. Ah, right. <laughs> they rifled into the top corner, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. come on to that goal soon. But um, before Mother got even that far, um, it's a tricky um, drawing the next round. Although they were at home, um, Falkirk were riding high in uh, the first division, um, as it was then. They ended up winning the league that season under Jim Jeffries. And twice they pulled Mother back. But um, yeah. again, that man kept came on and Nick Cusack scores an absolute cracker in the in the last minute of the game, or near the end of the game, when it 4-2, it was an epic cup tie. Um, that well, that, was, that was going to be a great game, actually, because I did that one as well. I commented on it. And, and uh, the, you always find a team that's doing extremely well in a division below are into the habit of winning. They're used to winning, and they go out with bags of confidence, even though they're playing a level up in terms of the league positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew they would come with bags of confidence and belief that they could do something, and it was a cracking game, that one. It was a really very good game. Yeah, definitely. And there wasn't a, a big gulf between midlines of the Premier League and top end of the First Division, Absolutely because you know right. most most teams in the First Division tended to come up and stay up, as Falkirk did the, um, the previous the following season. Um, but, you know, Steve Kirk again, super sub, you know. Um, when Mother will get through that game, did you have an inkling that something could possibly happen, or was it just the case it's still early? Let's no. see what the draw ha- happens. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that far ahead, I must confess. No, I wasn't at all uh, thinking that way. Uh, because you... In any Scottish Cup situation, it's hard to see past the old firm, really. You always expect at least one of them to make the final. Uh, and if one of them makes a the final, they don't often lose finals if it's one of them against the rest. Um, so, no, you're not thinking about that. You're just taking it one round at a time. Yeah, and obviously enjoyable. But um, the next round, you were given Mullow again the Saturday because you had the old firm on the Sunday, um, a famous cup tie, that one. Not so great at Far Park and probably Mullow's worst performance in the cup run, the 0-0 with Morton, who... Made, made the lucky to survive it. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe lucky to survive it. Uh, yes, that was a poor, poor, poor performance over the piece, but uh, you could look back and I think Morton would have got away saying this is a chance we missed, even though they had the replay at Capital. Um, and, even, and the replay was a tough, tough game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, was there any particular case? I don't really remember this game. Um, to be perfectly honest, the the Morton game was uh, the the first one. That is, was there any particular instance in the game where Mother really got lucky um, that you recall? Can't recall that. No, I really can't recall. It. In fact, it's not a game. It's, of all the games they played in that run, and I saw all of them really. That was one I don't remember much about at all. It was a bit nondescript. I don't rec- I don't recall much to do with that game at all. In fact, for the replay. The replay wasn't a great game either. I, I don't remember the two goals. I mean, Tom Boyd got one, and, and uh, then John Gagan, who had just left Motherwell, <laughs> got one and ran over to the Motherwell dugout to tell Tommy McLean <laughs> what a mistake he made, or something like that. <laughs> I think he's told that story a few times in um, after speakers. He's won awards for that, um, Mr. Gagan. Right. To be fair, it would have been. Difficult to remember much of the Morton game the first the first time round yeah. because when you're covering an old firm game where you had f- four sendings off, it's a bit bit <laughs> it's a bit hard for that <laughs> easy for that to be left behind. <laughs> but the Absolutely. second one, um, Mother took the lead. Well, Morton get level and it goes yeah. into penalties. Mister mm-hmm. Kurt scores again, and I think Morton missed the first one before Colin O'Neill, and that proved to be key because Colin O'Neill nets the winner. Um, that must be a big relief. Yes, yeah, so it was. The, the one was the young kid that played for I can't remember his name. The boy that played for Falkirk, the young youngster played for Falkirk, blasted it over the bar. I remember. Was that the first or the second penalty for them? I think it may have been the second penalty. Yeah, I should be. But he ballooned one over the bar. Um, in fact, I remember at the time thinking, what, so asking a lot for a kid like that to take this this uh, penalty. Um, and uh, he hit it, he just went for power and blasted it over the top. So that, that gives you a big edge at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, Stevie Kirk had to score one of the penalties too, as, as he's quick to tell everybody. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he scored one of the penalties. Yeah. Right, the, the worst penalty, you know the worst penalty mother will took in that, in that mm-hmm. shootout? David Cooper. Really? <laughs> David Cooper took the first one. Mm-hmm. And he was lucky to get it past David Wiley. David Wiley was at full stretch and got a hand to it and almost kept it out. And he didn't hit it that well, actually, David Cooper. Um, but so that, the irony of that was there's nobody better normally than Cooper at taking these. But that wasn't one of his best. Wasn't one of his best, but it counted and um, it Absolutely. helped make the difference as Muddle um, advanced to semi finals. They're drawn against Celtic, who'd been in the previous three finals they'd lost the year before obviously to Aberdeen Celtic even though they weren't doing particularly great in the league that season again they were well behind the Rangers and Aberdeen still expected to go through having beaten Rangers in the previous round the first game was a midweek I understand it was made a midweek game because B Sky B were getting little games in Scottish football at that point or British just starting they yeah. were just starting it, and, and I was doing their commentaries for them. That's why it's half the games in that run I did for them, and half for the BBC. Um, or not half, but I mean, there are a couple. There are a couple for Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the game, uh, the game at Capital was in Sky. Mm. That, that was for sure. I didn't know uh, that. And uh, the game, the semi final, uh, I think that was in Sky too. Yeah, because they moved back to Wednesday night rather than have the two of them at the weekend, like they always did. Yeah, that's right, yes. Uh, I'm sure that was right. And then, because I had a big problem with the final because I was supposed to do the final for both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because normally they never clashed. You know, at that time, B-Sky B and the BBC never were on at the same time. 
except the final. They both had the rights to the final. And I was contracted to do, <laughs> to do the final. And uh, that caused me a bit of a problem, big problem, in fact. Well, did it? Um, oh, did I know, you really end up doing none of them? <laughs> No, the, the the problem was the problem was I had I had a contract, but at that time when you worked for the BBC, you weren't allowed to work for anybody else. You were exclusive to the BBC. So I had just joined the BBC in 1990 after the World Cup, mm-hmm. and uh, when they asked me to go there, um, I said, um, uh, "Can I do Sky? Can I do Sky B as well?" And they said, "Oh, you can't do that. No, it's exclusive." And I said, "Well, in that case, I don't think it'll come because STV are allowing me to do." Sky, because I'd worked with STV for the previous 10 years, and I'd started doing Sky stuff at the same time, and they had no objection to that so long as they didn't clash. So I tried to get that from the BBC, and initially they said no, and the deal was off. And then I, I got a phone call a day or two later saying, we'll allow that as long as you as we have first call on you. And I said, oh, that's fine. I'm quite happy with that. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. So that was the deal that was struck, and that was the contract I signed with them. But the only, and I thought, well, that'll never be a problem, that, because it's never going to clash. And then, of course, they both get the cup final. And uh, the guys who, of course, were, were producing the cup final for Sky weren't aware of the details of the contracts that were involved. And they hadn't been speaking to them about hiring me and things like that. So they just assumed I'd be doing the cup final. And I had to say to them, sorry, guys, I can't do it. And then they said, but, 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 but you've been doing it for all the games for us. I said, I know that. I'm sorry. I'm, if you could do it twice, I'd be happy to do one each. But it doesn't work that way. And then the other thing was they said, but we pay you more, which is true. They did pay more. Uh, and uh, I said, that's nothing to do with that. That doesn't matter. I'll sign the contract that says BBC have your first calls. So I've got to do with the BBC. So that was a bit of a, that was the beginning of the end for me, this guy, because they were not pleased with me at all at that point, because they brought up a guy from England to do the game, asked me to brief him, which I tried to do, uh, and then in the game, he miscalled one of the Dundee United goals. In fact, the, the, the equaliser at the last minute, he miscalled the player, he got the wrong player. Um, and I got around for that. <laughs> I keep on kicking up hell because I should have been doing it and they shouldn't have been caught out with that. I said, give me a break. I can't do that. That's, so I always remember that for that purpose. Yeah. Well, you did get back on Sky a few years later, obviously, when they got um, the bigger contracts um, in the mm-hmm. mid-90s. But I, was, I stayed with them for a while after that, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But, um, yeah, the, the first semi-final, um, the, the first game before the replay, that was mm-hmm. a pretty... Um, we talk about the morning game being uneventful. This was also quite uneventful, let's be honest. Poor game. Just a poor game. Poor game of football, really, basically. Uh, Mother were happy, I think, not to go behind. And Celtic had no idea how to get in front, you know. So <laughs> it was a, it was a stalemate of a poor game. Yeah, it's just just one to forget, move on, and then of course it all changed in the replay. Yeah, you certainly got a crack in the replay. I mean, it was um, a, a Tom Boy scoring an own goal, his first Celtic goal, you could call it. Um, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Well, nice little equaliser. And Rogan put Celtic in front, and you probably weren't thinking Celtic will probably go on from here. But Mother in the second half came out a completely different team. Great header by it. Yeah. Three good goals, we must say. Do you have that second goal gets doesn't get tossed up a lot? But that's simple because Colin O'Neill, well, at the time, I think you called it 30 yards. Mother fans keep adding about 10 yards. I think the distance now will probably be from where I live, Blackwood <laughs> to Hamden. 
Well, I, I'll tell you, I, uh, my recollection, I, 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 I think 30 years was conservative. I think it may have been 35, but yeah. because, I mean, it was, and apparently that was, they were all shouting, I'm going, he was laying up and they all said, don't shoot, you know. Uh, and he had he scored, I think, only one goal all season before then. I mean, he hadn't scored at all. Uh, and uh, he had also a dicky knee, as I understand. He was, mm. he was a problem with a bad knee. Um, he was always getting sort of, he was getting patched up match to match. Uh, so that one, which is why we don't think he started the final because he was questionable, but his, his knee, although he was on the bench, which is, I suppose, but only two subs in those days and you bore them with a bad knee. But, but uh, when he scored the goal, I think it was, it was at least 30, maybe 35. Yeah, I think probably you're right about 35 yards. Um, and then Steve Kerr with a wonderful chip in his no, corner. Well, that, that, uh, that might have been the best goal of all in the whole run. You really think so? Goal. So, oh, it was a fantastic goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic goal. And he swears he tried it, you know. <laughs> but no, it was a terrific, a terrific goal. It absolutely was. Uh, it was uh, the only place he could have beaten Pat Bonner was in that far mm-hmm. top corner. Uh, and to flight it in the way he did was just incredible. Yeah, it was tremendous because it let, um, you know, arch round and down and uh, the stanchion and luckily um, the officials um, saw clearly that it went in because mm-hmm. we've seen instances a few years later where ball set the stanchion come back out and no goals been given, oh, not even a penalty. No goals, right. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> we digress. TV would fix it now though. TV would fix it quickly now. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> the goal like technology would fix it easy. Yeah, um, no, but no, it was, it, these, these goals, the Ruggie yeah, Arnett thing was terrific. I mean, he's got two good goals. Uh, but the second the header was terrific. Yeah, that was a that was a brilliant header, and I think if it wasn't for a Neil and Kurtzson exploits, that's the best goal of the no, game. If you're two if you're two one down at Hamden against Celtic mm-hmm. in a Scottish Cup semi final replay, nobody would give you a chance. No. Normally, you would expect Celtic to go on and win four one or something. Uh, and the way my came out in the second half was just incredible. Yeah, that, that's what we're saying, you know, being 2-1 down and coming out the way they did and blew Celtic away that second half, it was just incredible. Yes. And, you know, th- the fairy tale run to the cup final then happens um, and then you get the fairy tale mm-hmm. scenario. Motherwell versus Dundee United, brothers Tommy and Jim up against each other. Um, on normal circumstances, it would be occasionally look forward to, but it was tinged with sadness as well because their yes. father passed yeah. away the week before. Yeah, yeah that, that made a... That gave it a, a totally different emotional slant during that week in the build-up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was particularly sad, uh, no question about that, um, because you can imagine that dad, if he'd been fitting well, enjoying that, <laughs> couldn't lose, could he? No. <laughs> One of his boys is going to win it. <laughs> and this is the days before half and half scarf, so it would have been difficult for him to pick Correct. one. Um, yeah. God rest his soul, but yeah. It was, um, and the, other, the other element that was interesting about that was that Dundee United, hadn't won the cup uh, and were always losing in the final or regularly losing in the final. Yeah. Um, so there was a, a, a strong body of opinion thought uh, this got to be the time they'll win it. Mm-hmm. Because they'd lost to St Myrna in 87, hadn't they? And they'd lost to, they'd lost to Celtic a couple of times. Uh, but they'd lost to St Myrna in 87 when they thought they were going to win it. Yeah, that, that was a big killer for them, that one, because they also lost the a Cup final that same season to Gothenburg. Yes. They'd lost, I think, right. was it three times to Celtic, once to Rangers yeah. in previous finals. So they must have been eyeing this up, saying this has got to be a chance. It's almost now or never. Um, certainly for Jim, God rest his soul, that this 
mm-hmm. um, proved to be the case. Um, yeah. But Motherwell, again, probably went in as, although they had a talented team, they went in as underdogs. Yeah, but the big thing to remember, the other thing to remember about that final was that when it became Motherwell versus the D90, people thought, there'll be no crowd here. There won't be a crowd. Because the semi-final, the D90 played St Johnston, I think, and they yeah, played that game at Park. East End Park. Yeah. And, and the crowd was something like 16,000 or something like that. Um, and the feeling was that the final at Hamden might have 20,000 at it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was 57,000, uh, which was remarkable at that time for two non-Old Firm teams and no Aberdeen there. You know, it was, it was none, mm-hmm. none of the big guns, really. Oh, you could call the United a bit of a big gun, but they weren't a big gun that attracted massive crowds. Um, and on that basis, uh, to get 57,000 turning up uh, was remarkable. Yeah, I think half a model turned up for that game. You know, yeah, um, probably uh, there might have been one or two non-model supporting um, fans in the model crowd that day, mm. just cheering on the local team, which is great. And Absolutely. I remember some of the build-up, you know, seeing... This is what I love about Cup Final Day, is that you see things like the cakes in the shop, you know... Um, <laughs> decorated nicely in the banners, you know. Both at Motherwell's particular group. I think Dundee United um, also had some in theirs, although they'd have been careful with the shops given the same team. So. They always do. There's always a newborn baby they wrap up in a claret number scarf or something like that too. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, cheesy, but it's absolutely brilliant. I'm looking forward to the Euros for Scotland doing all that sort of carry on, but correct. that's a chat for another day. <laughs> um, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah hope that so, works. Yeah, I mean. I, I, look, I looked at the Motherwell team that day. So you had Ali Maxwell and goal. You had um, Jim Jim Griffin, Tom Boyd, Chris McCartan, and uh, Chris Parson across the defence. You had Luke Nyholt. You had um, Ian Angus, Phil O'Donnell, David Cooper, Ian Ferguson up front with uh, Dugana and Kirk and uh, O'Neill. But mm-hmm. left out the squad. I don't know if it's a mixture of injury mm-hmm. or just being left out. Um, Nick Cusack, John Philibin. Um, Jamie Dolan, who were all good enough players, and they must. I have think I, I think Nick Cusack might have been injured. I think the other two yeah. weren't. I think they were just left out. I yeah, that's right. No, no, that, that was very sad. The ones that had contributed so well on the run mm-hmm. finished up not getting a start. Yeah, that's right. Not getting the squad even. And of course, the trouble with the squad was it was only thirteen players mm-hmm. in those days. You didn't have seven on the bench. Yeah, because Kirk yeah, could play up good. front and uh, he could play. So I think he went goal a couple of times as well. So he had the versatility there. Colin O'Neill yeah. could play in midfield, but others could move about the pitch. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was uh, tough selections. But um, yeah, the game you, you knew the game was going to be a cracker when Freddie van der Hoorn hit the post from a free kick after about um, seven That's minutes or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hit the end to the post minute for a bye kick. I remember Coyce's commentary right. talking about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I uh, actually, uh, Ali McCoy was was a, a bullion about the whole game. I mean, he, he was he he thoroughly enjoyed that. In fact, mm-hmm. I've worked with him many many times, but I can't remember him being any more enthusiastic than he was that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you must have got listen because he was still a player at those days, scoring lots of goals mm-hmm. for Rangers. Um, and you, did you have an inkling then that he'd go on to be such a good pundit that he is these days? Oh, I knew right away. Uh, absolutely. And there's a difference between a co-commentator and a pundit. They're not necessarily uh, showing the same talent, the same skills. Uh, he, I think, does both. Uh, but there's some people who are good pundits who are not great co-commentators and other guys who are the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the guys that, that, that covered both sides of that uh, and was a, was a good operator either way. 
Yeah, definitely. Certainly earned um, good reputation. He's worked with John Champion in particular. He works really well with him. There seems to be some mm-hmm. there seems to be some co commentators that work well with different commentators to others and that's a partnership that works very well. No, there's there isn't any doubt at all about that because uh, I can tell you, because I've sat beside a, a host of them. I could you give you a, a list as long as your arm of guys <laughs> I've sat beside in co commentary situations and you do, if you say, if people ask me, uh, and I'm not going to tell you who my favourites are, but they feel like, who, who, who you like working with. Mm-hmm. It's the ones I felt most comfortable with. You know, they might, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether they were the ones that the public would say were the best, but but some you sit beside uh, and you feel really comfortable with, some you don't quite feel so comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you feel you, your timing works with some and better than others. Um, it's quite an interesting uh, dynamic, that. Yeah, I always found McCoy from all right, all the way through. Another guy who, incidentally, who was involved that in that cup run was Andy Gray. Mm-hmm. He started out. Andy Gray, Andy Gray was in the in the Morton game at Capital, mm-hmm. uh, and he was very good. No question about that. He was very good too. Yeah, yeah, he just knew he was going to go places. So in, in the cup final, obviously, um, Vanderhoen that's supposed to early on, and then Ian Ferguson. Fantastic head that he put Motherwell in front just before half time. A great cross by Jim Griffin, it must be said as well. So I think Ferguson laid him off, then went in the box, and his header in the top corner was just sublime. Well, the header was uh, uh, people underestimated Ian Ferguson's ability in the air. He was a far better header of the ball than folk realised uh, because he was such a very good kicker of the ball. He struck it beautifully too, so he scored most of his goals. He always he scored with his feet, uh, but he always had the ability. To, to jump way above his height, you know, his spring was great and his timing was terrific. And that goal was an was a cracker, absolute cracker. Yeah. And he only joined Motherwell at midway through the season at that point. So mm-hmm. I remember starting right. the season at Hearts and, uh, That's right. and he was doing okay at Hearts at one point. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess his former club, that must have been even sweeter for him um, getting that goal. I'll, which I'll obviously talk to him about. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, that was that was a great start. That's for, for Marvel. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the second half, this is where the drama really starts because um, Ali Maxwell gets clattered by John Clark. Um, obviously, this is in the days as we mentioned, uh, no substitute goalkeepers. Um, you wonder mm-hmm. if Steve Kirk's going to have to go and goal at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is obviously pre-Robbie Winters. <laughs> well, Steve Kirk, Steve Kirk went to warm up. Mm-hmm. Steve Kirk went to warm up. But he went as far away as he could from Tommy McLean because he didn't want to go in goal. And he was terrified if he got too near the dugout, he'd be, he'd be put in goal. And he stayed well out the road. He told me that. He stayed well out the road. <laughs> <laughs> and Maxwell, and Maxwell, to his great credit, showed terrific courage and was, was and stayed on. And he pulled off he pulled off one absolutely magnificent mm. save and a second would maybe nearly as good. He scored one, right at the very end. He saved one from John Clark. That would have got taken us to penalty kicks. We hadn't saved it. Mm, I don't recall that. I remember the mouth pass one very well because you no know, people oh, keep God. saying to me seven goal thriller, and the thing that sticks in my mind most is that oh. that save from Morris mouth pass in the last minute mm-hmm. or a few minutes to go. Full stretch, broken ribs, and they still made incredible. that save. Absolutely incredible. But the, the other the other one to remember for me, I've got to say, uh, maybe the one that sticks out for me is Phil O'Donnell's flying header. Mm. Yeah, of course, because obviously what happened to poor Phil as well. But um, at that yeah, point, that came at a crucial time for Motherwell because United had got level, which Maxwell made a right. mistake. He didn't look that's comfortable right. getting down to that. But then mm-hmm. Cooperson is a great free kick. Kay Patterson um, does well with that, you know, yes. that header across yeah. goal. 
but yeah. well, no, brave as a lion, as Alan McCoy's called it. Well, that was the point. I mean, it was the fact that he, he dived in among flying feet uh, to get his head to that. He was, what, 18 years old at the time? Something like 18, that. 19, yeah. Something uh, incredible. Yeah. Terrific. Uh, terrific contribution. Great, a great guy, too, by the way. He's an outstanding guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've heard a lot of um, good things about him. Um, God rest him. It's a shame what happened to him, but he certainly put himself in Mullow Hope Law with, um, with that goal youngest man in the pitch. And then Ian Angus cracks home a cracker, um, you know, a couple of minutes mean, later. I, I, he, didn't, he didn't do that all that often. That wasn't no. a regular cross for Ian Angus, but it was a, that was a fine goal too. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, at least as though Mullow were looking good, they were 3 1 up. You think maybe this is I mean, going to be it? But they weren't 3 they weren't 1 up for long. No. Remember, it was a, I would love it two or three minutes before uh, it was a McLeod that equalised. Uh, uh, John O'Neill. John O'Neill, header. John O'Neill, header, that's right. Uh, Joe McLeod that scored for the mother earlier on, that's right. Yeah, it gets uh, in the earlier round, round. But uh, that's right, John O'Neill scored a header, which he never did. And it was a great header. <laughs> that was out the blue. But that was only about three minutes after uh, Mother had gone 3 3 1 up. So it was 3 2 with about 20 minutes, 25 minutes to go, mm-hmm. which meant it was going to be the Alamo, wasn't it? It was going to be the big pile on pressure, uh, yeah. as it was. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Motherwell decided to take the same goal kicks, made sure that Maxwell wasn't kicking them out, Tom Boyd took the goal kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. then Alan Main with a great punt up the park and uh, Dan Jackson... That was a brave header, to be fair, because Alan Maxwell's coming out to him, but um, it's a very good header to get over the goalkeeper. Mistake with the goalkeeper, obviously, but yeah, you wondered that they yeah, get from a mother right. point. No, I, thought, I thought Jackson's courage was amazing, actually, because he was he was certain to take a, a sore one uh, if he was going to get there first. You know, he was, he was really putting his head in the line. Mm-hmm. But he would do that. He's like any guy, he would do that. Yeah, he was a he was a very good player. Dan Jackson had a, a, a terrific career, but Scottish Cup went away from him that day. Um, at that point, you and think he's, and he's then, very bitter about it. And he's very yes. bitter about it. Did he get sent off at the end? Didn't he? Yes, he did. And he, he sent off for. Uh, he wasn't the only one. I think it's two or three. John get, Clark as well. Red carded because uh, they are adamant that the winning goal was a foul on the goalkeeper. I don't think Alan Bain was taken out. The corner kick, corner kick comes in, and uh, Craig Patterson was one. Um, I'm not sure who else. There was two Motherwell players piled in on Alan Main, mm-hmm. and Alan Main flapped at it a bit. He got a hand to it, but it went straight to Stevie Kirk and scored. And Dundee United swear to this day uh, that it was a foul. And I've got to say, I said to Stevie Kirk, the near air complaining that it was a foul on the goalie. He said, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> But he also said it was a bad, bad challenge by John Clark and Alan mm. Maxwell, yeah, which wasn't punished in any way. No, definitely not. It'd probably at worst a booking, a booking, maybe even a red card these days. You never know. Well, today's a red card. Today yeah. would have been a red card. Um, in those days, it was a yellow certainly, but uh, nothing was done. No. But David yeah. Sign was the referee, and and he was determined to keep the game flowing. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to keep the game going, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got to apply a little law. But you thought Motherwell uh, after extra extra time, you're going in extra time, we're going to be dead in the feet. You thought United did this, yeah. wind up themselves. Then Motherwell will do that, go in front again. Um, so we do that quite early on. Remember, it was, that was quite early in extra time, yeah, wasn't it? That, uh, it was, that was about 94 minutes or something like that. That's right. So that means they're now 
facing that onslaught again. <laughs> the second time in the game, they're facing an onslaught from Dundee United. Yeah, and they survived it well, as we mentioned. That save from Ali Maxwell is just iconic. <laughs> well, just to, you mentioned another save from John Clark. Just describe that for those who aren't aware. My, my recollection of it, and maybe I've got it wrong because I've seen so many games, obviously. My recollection was that John Clark was put through an inside left position. Uh, and Ali Ma- uh, he chased the ball through and Ali Maxwell came out and he had, a, he had a, a very quick opportunity to shoot for goal and Maxwell came out and threw himself in front of it all smothered it right, okay. uh, wasn't it, it wasn't as N Lake as glamorous as the one from Malpass uh, but it was a huge save I'm sure that was in that game I'm certain it was the same, in the same game you might be right but because it's not um, a direct shot as such the way you're describing it that's why people probably can't remember it um, uh, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't it was nothing like the Malpass one for uh, no. for the photographers if you know what I mean you know, no. for the glamour it was it was, a, 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 it was but, but in the game at the time I remember thinking what an important save that is mm-hmm. and that was right at the death it was just on just on the final whistle of the ice of thing. Yeah, and Motherwell held on uh, the first Scottish Cup in 39 years at that point. Um, Dundee United still without a Scottish point, um, Cup at that point. But when when that game finishes um, and you've got yourself to take a deep breath, just just tell us about the emotions of covering that game. Being a complete neutral, obviously, um, with no affiliation to Motherwell or Dundee United, just mm-hmm. sum up the experience of that Cup final. Well... I can tell you this, that, that, that at any cup final, usually in those days, all the time I was doing that on a regular basis for STV and for BBC, the last game of the season was normally the cup final. Mm-hmm. And I can always remember that in other cup finals, even no matter how good they were or what the game was like, there was a massive sense of, sense of anti-climax that I felt after the game was over. I was driving home, I think, that's the season over. You know, you know the big build-up to the cup final, big special day, it's finished and you feel a bit flat. On that occasion, I recognised very early in that game, this is special. This is, this is, this is really going to mean something. I don't know why I thought that, but I, I didn't think there seven goals in it, but I, I thought this is going to be a really memorable cup final. And then there's a huge responsibility to try and do it justice and the commentary and try and pick your words well and, and do the, give it the right tone and the right emotion and all of that. So I felt an enormous sense of responsibility quickly because I really got a sense this is special. This is going to be memorable and special. It was obviously going to be because of the family element, because of Tommy and, uh, and Jim. But even beyond that, it became apparent early on this was going to be special. And I do remember also uh, when the game finished, um, the sense of elation around the place about the, the event you had just been at and you had just covered. And I didn't have a sense of anticlimax driving home that time. It's about the only time the, after a cup final I didn't go home feeling a wee bit flat because that was a season over. On that occasion, I was so buoyed up by the fact that it had been such a special occasion and such a special game. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, it's a special game. You know, the fact we're still talking about it now, 30 years on, yeah. there haven't been too many Cup Finals that have rivaled it. Maybe the 2016 Rangers Hibs one, maybe the most yeah. recent Scottish Cup Final behind closed doors, Hearts and Celtic. But for me, it still doesn't compare to that behind one. Behind closed doors, behind closed doors, kind of kind of how that behind closed doors. <laughs> that doesn't, that's just not right. It's no, just shouldn't be allowed, really. Uh, it had to happen for obvious reasons, but but really, that no, that doesn't, doesn't compare. 
Uh, no, I can go back a bit further. Uh, there were some great finals uh, when Aberdeen were winning regularly. Remember, 82, 83, 84? Mm-hmm. I did all of these, and they were they were cracking games too. That was Rangers and Celtic they were playing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were great finals too. Mm-hmm. But not as good as this one, in your opinion? No, no, no. This was the best. This was definitely the best final that I've been at. No question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, just and just to wrap up, Jock. You know, you obviously managed to cover um, by by luck in some ways. You managed to cover every single one of Motherwell's cup games that that season. Just just um, talk, talk about um, how much um, that meant to you covering the whole cup run, and obviously the final. Is well, you know something. I, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of that at the time. It was only later that it dawned on me uh, because at the time. Um, the way the games are coming, I mean, there's so many games coming on. The games are coming out in a relentless fashion. And I wasn't sort of looking thinking I've done Motherwell every round. I never thought about that at all. And I didn't give it any consideration at all until much later. So I wasn't conscious I had been every round. Um, and it's only, and in fact, it's only beginning to mean something about now. It's the 30th anniversary. People are talking about it. It's a big, big item now in Motherwell at the moment, I can tell you, because I'm working on a Motherwell TV coverage. Um, and I know how important it is to everyone out there, this 30-year this thing coming up. Um, and uh, that's the hope that they, they could emulate that performance. But that might be difficult. Yeah, it might be difficult. I mean, as we record, we don't know um, what the Scottish Cup finals going to look like. Um, they've only just announced on the day we record the dates for this year's Scottish Cup, um, which will be interesting. And hope hopefully by then there'll be some fans allowed, although it's not looking great. But um, for now, let's just um, enjoy the memories of Mullow 1991. Thanks very much for your time, Jock. Great pleasure. Thank you. Cooper with a free kick. Looking for Craig Patterson, getting up well. There's the header and the goal for we're now into the fan section of this 1991 Scottish Cup final special and I'm delighted delighted to be joined by two Motherwell supporters from the MFC podcast. We have Scott and Andrew. How are you doing, guys? Magic. Thanks for having us along. Good, thanks. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah I understand that you two were relatively young men back in um, 1991 um, from our um, off-air chat. So, um yeah, great and good ages to be sampling this occasion as well. Yeah, well, I was uh, 12, um, but really vivid memories of it, but probably because I've watched the cup final probably at least once a month ever since 1991, um, brings the memories flooding back. I was a wee bit, wee bit slightly older. Uh, I was... Maybe pushing it to see fresh faced schoolboy, but you know, slightly older, so I can I can I can remember that quite quite vividly as well. You know, the, the full round, the the excitement, you know, the kind of even the feelings beforehand. I mean one of our fanzines at the time was uh, entitled Waiting for the Great Leap Forward, which kinda summed up the, the kind of feelings and the Scottish Cup run in nineteen ninety one was what we hoped was going to be that great leap forward. Yeah, well, it certainly brought a bit of positivity around the town, um, the whole cut run, because obviously at that point, that was when they announced the Ravens Craig was going to close. It was high unemployment. Um, it was a bit of a difficult time um, in the area. I don't know what um, you in particular, Scott, would have remembered being um, 12, uh, 12 years old at the time. But Andrew, what do you particularly recall about um, things at that point? I have to I have to be honest. I was uh, 
I, I, I grew up, I was kind of stayed in the dark side of the, the kind of county. I actually grew up in Airdrie at the time, oh. so I was kind of slightly oh, shielded. I know. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of slightly shielded to a certain extent. The support motherwell for me was kind of very much a kind of personal or a family kind of thing. And we're not living in Motherwell itself. I, I have to be honest, I don't really have any massive recollections in terms of the you know, the impact it was having. You know, personally, quite obviously, you know, there's there's so much footage at the looking back from people at the at the time and even kind of recollecting the the period as to just how how difficult it was and you know, as, as you do become older yourself and you appreciate the kind of circumstances you look back you know, the the kind of repercussions of taking an industry which was the the kind of you know, kind of the, the, the rock of the town for for decades beforehand for it to be in the the process of being decimated you know, it, something like the, the the run was just it came along at just the kind of perfect time to sort of lift the mood for people in the the kind of town for me um obviously being 11 12 years of age you don't really understand what the whole importance of employment etc means but i did know, know that it was a massive part of your life i, I grew up in wisher my, my, my dad was born and bred in mullerow and it was like you didn't have a fam. We there was nobody, for example, at my school that didn't have a family member that that was employed by the Ravenscraig, or there was another big factory next to it, Anderson Boys. So it, it was a massive thing, and you kind of a at the back of your mind, you you knew that something um, wasn't quite right, and it wasn't really probably until when they pulled down the the, the big tower that I actually realised what what a significant part of history that, that the cup final is going to play in this. Um, and there was also a, a, a TV documentary um, filmed called Steel Men, where they had a couple of guys that worked in the Ravenscraig, and they said, obviously, that this cup run victory um, really built confidence and, and brought them together and kind of took their minds off it. So I think it, it happened at the, a perfect time for Mullerow as a town. Yeah, it definitely did lift a bit of the gloom at that point. And it all started um, in in the January when you went up to um, Petorja to face the then holders Aberdeen. Um, it, the, the record I understand was you hadn't won there in 26 years. Um, and then, so, I mean, you must have feared at that point um, going to Petorja, um the best we can do is um, a replay if we're, if we're lucky, but um, you actually came away with um, an incredible win with um, Steve Kirk first touch and the rest is history. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, actually, I think McLeish had a goal that was dropped off as, as well. Um, but it's the way that, that, that it's Mullerow, you're always doom and gloom. And I can remember my dad saying, ah, that's the only game that I never actually went to was the Aberdeen game. My dad was quite defeatist and thinking, look, as you say, Aberdeen were the holders um, and we just didn't really hold out much hope. And I suppose it was the start of great, great things. Um, I've watched that goal countless times. Um, listened to Stevie Kirk's interview after it, but he was adamant he was going on to score and there he was. Um, and I always remember Tommy McLean after it. Um, he said that Tom McLean find him for being out of position for when he scored the goal. 
I'm 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 actually the same. That's that's the the regret I have that that's the the one game in the the kind of cup run that I didn't make it to either. At the time, I did a a tatty run, uh, run about the local village. So I was I was I was doing my best to sort of scarp around the streets of Chapel Hall at the time so that I could get the games at Fir Park and you know if we managed to finish early you in a good day you could maybe make it to Lights Easter Road and maybe miss the first 10-15 minutes but quite clearly Aberdeen was a non-starter so being as far up far up the road as it was so it was it was Radio Scotland for me and I recollect kind of pacing up and down you know when they you know. Well, we're going to get a replay out of this. We're going to take them back, and then you start thinking, "This is this is looking good. This is looking good." Then out the blue, we get the goal, and then you jump about daft in the living room, and then the inevitable shout and scream upstairs, jump, jump up and doing in, in your bedroom sort of thing. So, and then it was a case of just we saw it out in the you know the, the excitement. Uh, you were waiting for like my dad and my sister to come back down the road to get the, the you know the first hand account of how it went, and then waiting for sports scene later on in the, the evening to to kind of enjoy the the highlights of the, the game. Yeah, speak for yourselves, lads. This one didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I never thought one at that point that um I probably thought oh, well, we'll win it next year. I've been saying that for 30 years, but um it's not quite happened for Aberdeen since but for you guys on to the next round and um a home tie this time, but a very tricky home tie. Falkirk obviously won the first division that season and they gave you some problems twice pulled you back to t- um you know one then two two before Super Sub came on again and Nick Cusack scores an absolute belter in the um, last couple of minutes to seal the tie, but that, that tie could have gone any, anyway. It could have. That, that's that's one, of, one of the things as well, is even leaving aside the, the game, is that is very much your, your kind of almost like your your kind of traditional Scottish Cup tie. I, I think there must have been around about 10,000 or so at that at that game. As you say, Falkirk were flying. Uh we we were we were doing pretty well. There's obviously the excitement of the the, the kind of the cup tie after you were putting the holders out in the the, the kind of previous round, and it, it was a, it was your 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 you know, your kind of typical classic cup tie. You know, not so much swinging from end to end, but you're right. It was very much in the balance right until till late on. Some some great goals in there. Some good personal battles. Kuzak and Hughes, for example, uh, you David Cooper in there. You know some tricky Falkirk players. Alex Taylor was always a classy player as well, and he kind of demonstrated his ability with a, a fine goal that day. And that was that was a that was a, a good tie to get through that one. It's funny how you remember the opposition players because I always remember Sam McGilvery for that Falkirk team. Sam McGivern. Uh, uh, sorry, Sam McGivern. And it, I just felt that he was he looked so determined that. Uh, that day, but as Andy says, it, 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 the atmosphere in Fir Park that day was unbelievable. It was absolutely mobbed, and to be fair, Falkirk brought a, a, a um, quite sizable support with them as well. And to be honest with you, I think they fancied their chances that day because they were they were riding high, um, and it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, but I have to say, it was one that we expected to 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 go out and win, not like the Aberdeen. I did expect, I can remember being happy and speaking to my dad before the game and being full of confidence, but as Andy said, it's a, it was a totally different now. I think the Scottish Cup, maybe, particularly maybe with the, the bigger teams, maybe some of the teams weakened their, their side and stuff, but it was played at the total commitment levels that game. It was, it was really a joy to watch. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think in Scottish Cup. Um, it's not like in England um, nowadays where you see um, your seventeenth place English sides, um, Premier League sides playing reserve teams. I think in Scotland, even Celtic and Rangers are putting out full teams to try and win it. Certainly, um, it's very seldom that they make a number of changes unless they're involved in Europe. But I think the Scottish Cup's always had that appeal. Um, it, there's something special about the competition. Um, so after getting after getting through that, I mean, I know you're only two rounds in and into the quarterfinals. You see that um, Celtic have drawn Rangers. Do you then start to believe maybe um, you could um, make the trip to Hamden this at this point? I think there was there, there, there was a kind of going back to before the cup run actually started. There, there was a kind of definite feeling that we were we were due that things were kind of bubbling up. We'd had a, a couple of semi-finals in the, the kind of mid to late 80s where you know, we'd lost to Celtic in penalties in the League Cup semi-final and we were, I think we were about a minute or two away from getting in at half-time against Rangers, leading them with a, a, a kind of catastrophic OG year. And then it, it kind of slipped away from us then and we'd, be, we'd been building as a as a team and you're seeing the, you know, the likes of St Mirren winning tournaments and you think well there's no reason why we can't do this so there was certainly there was that growing kind of feeling and the support that we were we were kind of due something a good cup run anyway and having seen off the holders having then taken care of Falkirk when we come out paired against Morton at home and this was the, 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 the ultimately you could say the hardest tie of the, the, the whole run the whole cup run and it was the one that everybody thought was going to be the easiest. And to be perfectly lucky, perfectly honest, we were lucky to get through mm-hmm. uh, to even make it to a replay at Capolo because we were, you know, we were, we, we were really fortunate to get through. If memory serves me right. We should have actually been beaten by Morton in the in first the, game. the first the, the league the league cup that that same season. They had, uh, I'm sure we only actually, they either had a goal disallowed in like the last minute of normal time and we ended up beating them in extra time. So I don't know why we were, everyone was as confident as we, as we were, but certainly no, no, nobody believed that we were going to lose to Morton and we were very, very lucky to even get it to, get it to Capolo. I think when you beat Aberdeen in the third round and then beat Falkirk at home, and you avoid Celtic and Rangers that you, you just expect as well it's more and it's home they're not doing as well in the first division as Falkirk were but it wasn't a particularly good cup tie from what I can recall and um, yeah. if anything Mother- uh, Morton were actually the better team in that first game and the second yep. game could have went either way Tom mm-hmm. Boyd scores and then John Gagan ironically who'd been let go the summer before comes back to hunt his former club as it always does and penalties you're just hoping but fortunately for you guys you took all your penalties and scored them and they missed one mm-hmm. Martin Pickering, it's a name I'll never forget again. You know, it's, uh, I can, I can actually. It, it's strange. I can see myself in the highlights of that game. I know exactly where I was standing. I was with my mum and dad had bought me the most hideous jacket. Thankfully, it was all different colours, and I can actually see it now. Nobody else would would be able to say that's you, but I know that was me. Um, and it was that even that was a terrible game. Um, of the goal, even when you watch the, the, the game back, that it's, it's difficult to see the ball kind of ricochets. I don't even think when mm-hmm. when Tommy Boyd um, gets interviewed that he doesn't really know too much about that goal. But sometimes that's just the games that win you the cup. Um, 
and it was just obviously um, calling an old celebration at the end, right in front of where I was standing, um, was was great. And at that point, maybe you think things are things are here. You still knew that Celtic were, were in in the mix, but you knew that you had you, you, you were starting to dream at that point. I think. What, what, what's what served us particularly well is if you look at the penalty takers we had that night, mm-hmm. you know, this, you must have been talking potentially 1,500, 2,000 games between all of those guys combined. The experience, the, the, there was no way they were going to be faced with that that, that penalty shoot, the level that some of the guys had played, the, the honours that they'd, they'd achieved. So that, that, that certainly stood us in, in good stead. Yeah, definitely that experience um, got you over the line. And then into the semi-final, um, you're up, up against the Celtic side, but not faced by them. Um, although they were above you in the league and had beaten Rangers, there was it still wasn't a great Celtic side at that point, but it's still a tough tie. First game wasn't particularly great. I think they moved that to a, a midweek game because um, this was the early days of um, B-Sky-B getting some involvement in football and they, they moved that game. Um and then the second game, the replay is just an absolute cracking match. I mean, when I was speaking to Jock um, Brown last um, in the first part of this um, podcast, we're talking about the quality of goals. Everyone talks about Colin Neal, but Dougie Arnott's goal is is very understated that night because that's a superb flying header mm-hmm. and a crucial time because you're two one down at that point. I think, but even going back to the game before, I think that it's really important that you look at that game and you look at. Being a club like Mullerall, coming up against any of the old firm in a in a semi final um, or or a final, you, you're always going to be that underdog. Yeah. And the fact that, that Ian Ferguson hits the 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 post with that free kick, that's you. Your chances are are, are are over. The media, even probably yourself, thinking that. And then when the way the second game started, we Celtic get a goal chopped off. Then there's the kind of a Terrible Celtic first goal. Mm-hmm. Just, I remember standing there thinking it was pouring rain that night, thinking this is just going to be an absolute shit fest, basically. Um, a young boy thinking this is the Celtic have broke my heart. And look, I, I, I would actually go as far to say that that I enjoyed the semi final just as much as the final. Um, now that's a massive thing to say, but the final was completely different. It was a family final. That was the kind of a hardcore fans that had been here at Hamden and the pouring rain two weeks in a in a in a trot and I don't know, it just felt it just felt amazing. Um, probably because it was beating beating one of the old mm-hmm. firm. Um, the memories of that game are, are, are phenomenal and you're right. Um and when we talk about the final, go on and talk about about Dougie Arnett. Um but what a player he was. Um as Andy said, the when you look at that squad some of the players, if they were playing now, they'd be in the Scotland squad. Do you know what I mean? It's um, what a player he was. I, I, I think having been perhaps overconfident going into the, the Morton game, I still had an element of confidence going into the, 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 the first semi-final in particular because we had a fantastic record against Celtic building around about that, that kind of era. Uh, We'd gone to Parkhead a couple of times and beaten them. We'd beaten them in the opening day that that season. Yeah. We'd beat we'd beaten them about like ten days before at Parkhead. Uh, so there was there was no no kind of no kind of fear there, despite the fact that they'd beaten Rangers. I think I'd have been more more concerned if it was if it was Rangers that we had in the the kind of 
the semi final rather than Celtic. But as, as Scott kind of alludes to, there's that inbuilt thing, and it's it's whether it's just because it's happened so often, whether it's just because it's the the, the media reinforced the message. But you know, you're 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 taught you don't get second chances against the old firm in in Scottish Cup ties, and. I think there was that apprehension, and as he, as he rightly says, we were we were hanging on by fingernails in the opening twenty minutes or so of that 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 game, and to turn it around and win it as as kind of comprehensively as we as we did, and again, it's a view that I've I've heard expressed you know more than more than once that the the kind of feeling of actually making the final was 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 kind of stronger for many people simply because it was it was it was a it was almost like a well it would have been a first in a lifetime for, for so many of our support at that that at that time. And it was it was it was just quite a quite a feeling and it's anybody that was there it's 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 right up there. You know the finals obviously up there as well. It's it's clearly you know majestic but the semi-final runs it very, very close in terms of you know, everybody's or everybody that was there in terms of their their kind of their kind of favourite games. It was just it was kind of groundbreaking stuff in many respects for for so many of our support to to actually see us make a final. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, when especially when you beat one um, one half of the old firm, that's um, always you know going to elevate that even further. The fact it was Celtic that you beat to get to Hamden um, just add. You know, adds any other semi-final victory by tenfold. So it's a, un- that's a definite understanding thing to say. Then when you say the semi-final meant more than the final, um, or uh, to some degree. But um, I mean, Colin Neal's goal is obviously iconic. You know, um, I think he was about thirty-five yards out, but. My little fans seem to add on another five, te- five, ten yards of here, so he must be the distance of Carlisle C- C- for Colin and he'll add on another five <laughs> extra five and ten yards every time he talks about it. Never mind, Motherwell fans. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a sensational strike, and Steve Kurt's chip. I mean, that's a superb goal as well. That um, you know, just the way he chipped oh, the goalkeeper. Job Brown actually says that was a better goal, which I kind of understand because there's a lot of good technique there. But um, there's, there's, you were two one down, it's even better. The way there's he... a there's a fantastic photograph just when you mentioned like the the goal going in like that, and I can't quite remember whether it's Kirk's or whether it's Anil's, but you could just see it's like an old black and white grainy image, and you can just see the ball going into the top corner. Pat Bonner's kind of scrambling hands as he's flailing there, unable to grasp it. Was well, a Kirk great goal. image? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously um, that meant that you got through to um, the cup final. Um, do you think there's extra pressure on Motherwell then, having beaten Celtic, is there more pressure for you to go on and win it or is this more pressure still on Dundee United because they're favourites, they had the higher league finish and they had a terrible record in Scottish Cup finals? I think it kind of balanced itself out, to be honest with you, and I think there was a whole beauty of the brothers, well, the managers, mm-hmm. Jim and Tommy, and obviously the tragedy and the build-up, but, but I don't think that there was any great pressure on Motherwell. Um, Get, there was maybe expectation um, that because we had beat the old firm, I think it was Johnston that Dundee United had defeated. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. that pressure came into it. I think, I think the pressure's there when it's when you're the the, the, the favourite. Maybe when Rangers, Celtic, Motherwell against Morton's probably when we had pressure when we were fully expected to do it. But I think not playing the old firm definitely when it sailed into our. Um, where we were wanting to be, I think I would rather have played Dundee United in the final um, than, than 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 Celtic. Um, but 
I think we just took in our stride and um, I, th- I think there was so much going on running about it that it was that there was a whole novelty value that all of these years that you'd sat and watched the build up to cup finals and you were like standing outside for like two hours or whatever it was to buy your ticket for the cup final like having the the, the kind of town you know everybody was putting out flags and bunting and you were know, even the, the, the wee the wee butcher guy outside the the shop along for Fifth Park kids you know kind of claret and amber kind of makeup dolled up like that and you know so just all these kind of things the excitement of organizing your transport and you know what was what was kind of happening like buying your your, your cut final replica top all these kind of different things that you never had the opportunity experience before sorting out tickets for friends and relatives that you know, that didn't usually go to games and make sure everybody had a scarf and everybody had a flag and all these daft things and stuff and you know, kind of lost in the middle of that to a certain extent it was actually the, the, the game to play. Yeah, definitely. I mean that that's the thing I love about um cup final days when it's not not the old not the old firm size um you see villages um you know bedecked and in your case claret and amber and you know the commemorative cakes in the window and that type of thing. Um the, I mean your team selection was interesting. I th- I looked at the team and also think about some players that missed out. Like Nick Kuss, I, th- I don't know if um, I think Jock said he was injured, but um Nick Kuss I didn't make the squad. Um Jamie Dolan was a good player, didn't make the squad. John Philbin didn't make the squad. Um, and it was a, a pretty strong team that you had um, getting Bobby out of that game. Bobby Russell as well. Yeah. Probably one of my favourite but, models. Um, didn't make the squad. Uh, but the, main, that, the, the main one for me is Philbin. Yep. Philbin was a great... When you, going back to the semi-final, you're talking about the image of Pat Bonner. I've got an image of... Uh, uh, a video I made in my mind of the way that Philip and Big Softy was celebrating, mm. coming up to the to the away fans with his hands in the air. I mean, it's like it's we, we've got a, a a guy that does the pin badges for Mullerow, steel steel main pins, and that's an if that's not a, a pin soon, then I don't know what will make it. But um, <laughs> it's it's uh, I it was as Andy said. I mean, even you can tell the way they were talking about it. Some of the bits of, you've got goosebumps even going back to something that happened 30 years ago. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, fr- and from a neutral point of view, um, obviously it starts, um, you could tell early on in that, that cup final it was going to be a cracker when um, Freddie van der Hoon hits it inside the post and it goes out for a bye kick. I remember Alan McGoy saying that line in commentary. Um, you could tell by then he was going to be a good pundit as well, to be fair. And then um, Ian Ferguson, a sensational header to open the score and just a wonderful header from a great cross from Jim Griffin and another underrated player. Mm-hmm. I think again you need to, you need to reference the fact that you know Dundee United having the goal chopped off as well. I think it was Hamish French right. was, was 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 quite early on. So again you've got you you look for your your things. Is that is is, is this going to go our way? And we could have been we could have been dead in the water before ten minutes or had passed in that game, but. As you say, we slowly kind of we got a foothold in it. Gradually started getting involved in and in, in Jim Griffin, one of the the kind of local youth graduates, you know, putting the ball through and eventually put away by another kind of longer back term for Park Boys Club kind of youth graduate and in in Ferguson heading home. So you know, we bit a we bit a glory there for the the kind of youth development guys of of, of old there, and you just you've you, you've no. You, you've no kind of 
feeling of you've no inkling of what's what's to come at that point. So you're you're celebrating it for all of that as if that could be the the winning goal. And little little did we know what was to what was to follow. Just um, I've got my personal story here that I'd like to, to tell you about. So back to the to the cup finals, Andy said that there was a queue for the tickets, etc. And there was everybody sorting out your family's tickets. So my dad ran a supporters bus for the semi final, and he ran two buses. For the for the final, um, and he he was an organizer. Um, he's no longer with us. Um, so my dad, everybody was on the bus. Um, even the local minister was on the bus. Um, it was it was great. And just as you, if you visualised the way you would drive up to Hamden just now, where Asda is, it wasn't there at that time. And I can see my dad coming down the bus. My mum was on the bus, and. Uh, I just knew there was something wrong there. This is obviously pre-mobile phones, and my dad had forgot the tickets. Now we were literally an hour before kickoff. Um, eleven coming up in twelve, and my mum and dad just got up, got off the bus, and by pure chance there was a black hackney in front of us. So they they jumped in the taxi, and I'm like, "What's going on here? Am I not going to get to the cup final?" I was in tears, um, and. He had not just, I think it was maybe about 12 tickets that he had. But my, my friends, dads and uh, their families were there. We went and got replacement tickets um, and into the ground. And to be honest with you, a 11-year-old boy, I was like, well, as long as I'm here, it wasn't really too bothered. But the amazing thing was that my dad actually, um, my dad actually found us. Now, that, again, it's pre-mobile phone. Um, so he missed the first goal. Him and my mum missed the first goal. It cost them 80 quid for the return trip in the taxi. Now, back in, that, in 1991, that was a substantial amount of money. Plus, he had to, to, to pay everybody's tickets back. Now, fast forward, um, I, I've created my charity, which I'll not um, bore you with, but um, to raise some funds, I had a charity night and I created a, a, um, a, a, a cup final um, picture. I showed like, Andy and I seen it, um, and I got in touch with Dougie Arnott. Um, and he signed um, a couple of things, but the one thing that made it really stand out was I'd a full. I'd still got the match tickets, so the full match ticket. Um, so he signed it, and about a month later, Dougie Arnott actually got in touch with me um, and said, "Look, I've not really got a great deal stuff left for my time at Mallow. I would love it if you could make me one of um, exactly the same uh, pictures." Um, and Obviously, he came down to my house and collected it and made a wee chat about my dad. And it was a really kind of a, a really fitting moment that that terrible time that made the cup final for me so much more memorable. Um, and now a part of my dad is in the the one of the players' um, living rooms looking down and you think, you kind of like that. I mean, it's it's such a such a great story. And I just hope and pray, my wee boys listening to me now, I just hope and pray that I get the opportunity to share a moment like that, but I can assure you, I will not forget the tickets. <laughs> uh, that's a lovely story, Scott, and um, no, God rest your dad um, at this point. Yeah, so in, uh, into so he, your dad obviously made it for the second half, and um, yeah. this yeah. is where you start to think, um, is the tide turning? Because Ali Maxwell su- suffers a horror injury, um, br- broken ribs. Because there's no sub goalkeeper, Steve Kurt's actually warming up in case he needs to go and go. But he somehow carries on. 
Um, he, he, it's kind of his fault for the goal because he doesn't get down quick enough um, from Dave Bowman's shot, and you just wondered is it go is it going to turn the other way? I mean, you, you guys must have been really fearful at that point. You you don't appreciate the severity of the injury. We've got no no idea. You're the other side of the ground. He yeah. looks injured, but you do, you just you just don't know. You don't know how 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 bad it is and. You're you're just hoping it's so it's an walk, he'll he'll recover, he'll he'll get better. And the kind of longer he's there, the more you must think you're, you you think to yourself it can be as bad as it looks, so hopefully he's gonna be okay. And you know, be be quirk of fate, you know, within about fifteen minutes or so of that, we we've got a, a two goal lead and suddenly you're thinking that's it, the cup's in the bag. Not so. I think it adds to the beauty of the game, though, doesn't it? It adds to the the memory of it, knowing that your keeper was virtually breaking the pain barrier to, to for his team. I think it adds to the. I think that's why it makes it such a memorable game because there's all these different factors that that contributed to it. The Stevie Kirk story, the Dally Maxwell, and I think it 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 will take some beating to get a better cup final. There was so many subplots. Um, yeah, I, it's it's always going to be the greatest. It's going to take a lot for that for me um, for that to be the greatest cup final that I've seen. Um, I know there's been a couple close ones with the Hibs Rangers ones and the well the Hearts Celtic one recently, but that was played in front of no fans. Um, but this one had just so many subplots. You know, you'd Mother in front and Dundee looked so they were going. Um, the momentum was then, and then Phil O'Donnell talk about subplots. The youngest guy in the pitch puts his head where there's feet flying. A wonderful head that make it 2-1 and then Angus makes it 3-1. And again, you're thinking then, Mull's got their name on this. Of course, the, the famous phrase, brave as a line, mm-hmm. which was pertinent to, to Phil, um, who obviously passed away. Um, uh, and I agree. Uh, I can remember being and thinking, hey, that's when Angus scored, that's it. We've won the game. Um, I can remember even kind of a relaxing and, and thinking about getting back to Firth Park and and just not even contemplating that they would come back into it. It's, I think it was it's towards the end. And I think with a, with a couple of opportunities where we could have just killed the game. And we've we've kind of played on or tried to get a shot away or, or something. Dougie Arnott's one of them that kind of springs to mm-hmm. springs to mind. And there's an opportunity just to sort of like kill it kill it dead, and they get that last chance. And you know, it's it's it's, it's just a scene for your worst nightmare. You see, you know, Ali's kind of jumping out, and the ball just kind of goes by him, and you know, he's just that's it, it's gone. And at, at that point there, you're you're thinking, no, that's it. Because suddenly you've 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 lost it almost with virtually the last kick of the ball. Is that how can how can they recover? The momentum's completely been deunited. How how can we? You know, the minute you kick off extra time, they're going to be flying. How can we? How can we draw our our, our kind of strength and our energy, regroup again, and go back to it? And it was actually incredible to think that they actually did, and like we started the better of the teams in the you know the, the the first the first period of extra time, and I don't know whether it was a a tactical decision that you know, you if you're going to go down you go down all guns blazing, whether it was just keep as much pressure off the goalkeeper as you possibly can, so 
you know, by big kind of consequence of that, it means you're going to be trying to do more attacking. You're not just sitting holding out. But you know, we we started that really well, and you know, we managed to get the managed to get the the, the, the vital goal. It proved to be the the, the, the winner. You know, the United fans kind of contested because it was a, a foul on there, but you know. You won't get any other wolf fan that will see any foul in that <laughs> that play. Yeah, I'm uh, not. I'm not sure it was a foul um, personally. Um, I'm a neutral to this final, so um, I, I personally don't think there was a foul. Um, it's just incredible that, as you say, Dundee United got themselves back in at three three, and you're thinking again, there's only going to be one winner. Going an extra time, they've got the momentum, but Mullow start the bit and then get themselves in front. And again, you've given yourself something to hold on to. Um, I mean, Kurt's in the right place, right time. Continues phenomenal record of scoring in every round. And for me, the image of a seven and, and this is incredible to say a seven goal cup final. And my favourite memory of this cup final was Ali Maxwell saving the top corner from Morris Malpass mm. because of the injury he had. It was even more remarkable. Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, you think about that guy, the pain that he must have been in, and it was a phenomenal save. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. It was, I don't know, considering that Morris Malpass has been probably the worst Muller manager of all time as well, um, <laughs> it makes it that wee bit more um, pertinent that now that he didn't score against us. Um, but uh, I, I was at the Muller Hall of Fame um, event recently, and Ali Maxwell was, was doctored into it, and you could tell the way he spoke, how much that, that, that day meant to him, um, meant his career, everything. He spoke so well. Um, it, it was just great. And just one other wee kind of funny memory, it, it, watching the games back in the TV, there was always a hilarious moment when, I think it's when Dundee United equalise and the ball boy gives the finger to the, to the Dundee United support. And when you're watching that back as a kind of 12-year-old and 13-year-old boy, um you think it's the funniest thing. During this kind of pandemic that we went through, uh, they played the cup final back and I was dying for that moment to see it again. I was saying to my wee, well, that must be coming up now. And BBC bloody cut it out. Um, so uh, I would love for us to find out who that ball boy was at some point. That, that, that's probably going to be my next mission, but it's, uh, I've watched it that many times that I can actually pic- picture the exact second that he does it. Maybe that'll be the next part of the investigation, the... the- the mystery of the ball boy with the finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's an exclusive phrase. So, uh, and then the final whistle goes, and it's just unbelievable. Um, you know, first time in 39 years, Motherwood won the cup. Um, and just sum up what the celebrations were like at Hamden, and then afterwards when you're back in uh, Motherwell, it, or in it, your it, case, it, got it, Im- it, immediately thereafter. It was it was draining. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was almost like you, you know, for a a kind of immediate reaction is you're going to celebrate, you want to celebrate, but you're actually like physically <laughs> drained. You don't know there's an element. What do we do here? Is it is it slowly sinks in that we've we've won the cup? And you're just you've been so engrossed in it. You thought you've you've lost it. You've won it again. Then there's a drama that with the D United basically playing shooty in for the last five minutes and suddenly we've done it and it's kind of disbelief and you know there's just players everywhere people everywhere and just you're, you're standing there and you're, you're you're taking it in and we were we were in the terrace and behind the behind the goals and you know you're that's your that's Claret and Amber Robinson that cup that's been lifted all off there and then the, the, the kind of celebrations and I, I, 
the players coming out and running in front of you. It's just. I hope to, I hope to see it again <laughs> soon, <laughs> please. So no, it was it was just it was just fantastic. Uh, there's that kind of Scots alluded to you. Know, you there's there's those kind of you're seeking out once it sort of slowly sinks in. You know the people that you've went to went to the games with. You know who you've stood there. You know you you get friends, you get family members, and you know you're you're congratulating one another because you know you 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 know what it means. You know, and as as you say, there was you know there was there was there might have been thirty five thousand people there supporting Motherwell that day. You couldn't say there were thirty five thousand Motherwell fans there that that day. But the ones that were there that have done the time and seen all the kind of relegation seasons and battling against the drop and all the kind of difficult times and the older ones that had seen the semi-final losses to Rangers and Airdrie and Celtic and these things, you know, everybody had their own feelings. They were all kind of in the midst of whilst you're celebrating, you're kind of casting a memory for all these things and, and just it's just... Quite a day, quite a day, and and then it was it was as you say, eventually the kind of the players ebb away, the crowd ebbs away, and it's 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 back to for party commence stage two the the kind of celebrations. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal going back to for park. Um, I remember climbing up and standing in the dugouts, um, and the the feeling elation when the the, the um, players come back. I always remember the cheer when David Cooper got the, 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 the trophy because he was so significant in the turnaround of that mm. team. It's immeasurable what he did for the club. Such an intelligent player. It's his corner that that, 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 that um, Stevie Kirk gets the head on. Same with Stevie Kirk. I mean, what a hero scoring every game. He is a legend now, but legends are a term that, that gets flung about football very, very, very easily. But I'll tell you what, every one of the players that, that played in that cup final will be welcome in, in at every Mulro game. Maybe the exception of one, which we'll, we'll not mention. Um, I'm sure Andy knows who I'm talking about. Um, but there's uh, the, the guys, just honestly, uh, you can tell by the way that we're, we're talking about it. The, the greatest game, the greatest cup run, I say nothing, I'll ever beat it. Um, but you never know um, what's around the corner. Oh, you never know. I mean, um, as we're recording this, um, you know, the Scottish Cup um, is due to recommence soon. And um, Motherwell, since um, that Cup final in 1991, have been to two, two other Scottish Cup finals. Unfortunately, you've ran Celtic in both occasions and who were too strong in each occasion. Um, what would it mean if you managed to get there um, this year? Obviously, it'd be unlikely you'd be able to go. But um, would that be a nice um, anniversary tribute if you could um, reach the final again? It's a really difficult question because obviously I don't. I'm never going to say I don't want to stay in the cup, right? But I think there'd be so many memories that, for example, maybe boys ten just now, he wouldn't, wouldn't be able to savour as much. Like, yeah. um, so I would rather that it was maybe next year when we when we're able to, to get there and enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, never knock it back. Um but it's just different, isn't it? I mean I'm speaking about all these things. There was a 
that programme that I was telling you about, um, Steelmen, Alan Burroughs even spoke about, you can remember where his dad parked the car, and we, we daft things like that. Now, maybe it'll be a different type of memory for like, my wee boy in, in a generation because it was during that COVID and it was that really it was signifying the end of it. I would never knock it back, but I just don't think you would be able to beat being at the game. Yeah. I've actually heard it said as well that, you know, People they don't they don't not want us to win, but they kind of take consolation every year when we do get knocked out. It's like, oh well, at least you're never going to top that. So I've seen it as good as it's going to get. So it's almost like a kind of a, a kind of self protection mechanism. It's like, oh well, I've seen the very best it's going to be. Oh well, so we've been beaten by Team X, Team Z, Team Y, whatever. So what? We move on. I've still got those memories, but. No, it's, 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 in terms of your, your kind of a bit more cold, you kind of yeah again you you look at it. I kind of reference like you know, St Mirren in the the Scottish Cup in the the eighties, and you kind of look at the teams that have won trophies in the, the intervening period since we've actually won a trophy, and you think surely to God we must be due a turn again soon, and. If it's this year, I'll be I'll be only too happy whether I'm the, whether I'm there or there or otherwise. Uh, I, I, I want I want I want to see his left silverware. I want to see those claret and amber ribbons in a, a Scottish cup again soon. Yeah, just wait your turn. It's our turn. <laughs> don't be doing that for too long. <laughs> Maybe it could be an Aberdeen Mother final, but I'd rather, again, I'd rather it was in um, when fans are there. But. Um, you just got to take the trophy when you get it. But see with the Garth that Cup wins, does it become even more special given the fact of, unfortunately, that you've lost um, a couple of players? Obviously, David Cooper passed away four years later, uh, unfortunately. Phil O'Donnell, 2007, and then squad players like Jamie Dolan, Paul, Paul McGrillan as well. Does it make it that little bit more special given what's since happened, unfortunately, to those guys? Obviously, you've got teams, really, really famous teams like uh, the Lisbon Lions, uh, uh, Rangers 72 team, but these these guys died young, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Phil O'Donnell was still playing, David Cooper had no longer retired. I mean, he hadn't even retired, he was going to retire at the end of that season, Scott. It's, it's so tragic that it, it does make it that wee bit more. I think it, it, it brought everybody together. Mother was a club, so obviously, had a, had a fair bit of tragedy with kind of young players. Uh, Andy Thompson passing away and stuff like that but for, for me when, particularly when, when Phil passed away playing for the club and there were so many memories I mean his first goals in the cup final he, the, the, the digging determination to win that ball to get to Stevie Kirk you're totally bang on with, with what you say it, it, it does make it quite emotional when, when, when you want to talk about it and I think that again emphasises what I said earlier on about so many factors in this cup final team that that make it special, unique, um, and I suppose it'll be the same for every other club that they'll have their own special moments and stuff like that. But you're right. I mean, Jamie Dolan, Paul McGrillan, young young guys, and part of the, probably one of the most famous Mullerow teams that that there ever will be. I think that their, 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 their place in Mullerow history is assured. Obviously, the the, the kind of the element of tragedy uh, involved, you know, there's there's always going to be that. But the, the the fact that they've 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 played their part in that cup winning run, they might not have necessarily played in the the final in, in in some cases, but 
they've, they've, they've made their contribution in creating that history and you know, unquestionably they'll go down in motherwell folklore for that. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the names are always going to be remembered, whether it's the high-profile ones like Cooper and O'Donnell or the, the the young players as they were at the time of um, O'Donnell and McGrillan. Um, it's, you know... It's, that they'll be a part of the club forever. Um, and just and just to sum up before we we finish up, um, asking pretty much the obvious question. Um, just what does what does the whole just talking about um, this cup run? You know, what does it mean to you? Um, just what what you went through back in nineteen ninety one. For me, it's it's the most enjoyable kind of a even part of your life. It's a, it's one of the biggest factors in my life. Um, Winning that cup, and people say so much football. To me, it, that's football's like my my religion, my passion. So I've already spoke about my dad. I've got so many amazing memories, and I can remember things so vividly about this cup final. Without doubt, the 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 greatest game that that I've ever ever been to, um, and I'll I'll never forget it. And it's. It, it, I think that that every player that gets to a cup final with Mullerow should watch the whole cup run and listen to guys like, like us because they become heroes for the rest of people's lives. I mean, without being disrespectful to, to the likes of Ian Angus, we'll, we'll use for an example, um, probably a, a, a legend because he won the cup with, with us and he's a hero to me because of that, scored a cracking goal in the cup final. So, it's just phenomenal um, what it meant to me. So many memories that I've made with, with my dad, my, with my family. Sporting a smaller club, speechless to, to say, and just hopeful that it happens again. That's it. It's it's, it's one of your, your your key lifetime moments, particularly with the fact that it's 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 proven to be like almost like once in a lifetime for you know, for. Pretty much most of the kind of Motherwell fans, I don't imagine there'll be too many kicking about that 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 will have seen you know, the previous kind of cup wins in the 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 fifties and maybe will be, but uh, for most of us, you would know, even there's, there's there's kind of lots of our support that you know, clearly they haven't seen us win this the, the Scottish Cup for you know, Scots Bladdy for example as well. It's you know you're you you're you've been there, you've got that personal recollection of it you can hand down those memories in the same way that your know, motherwell fans of older generations were handed down the the stories of the you know the the wins in the 50s the ansel babes and all of the kind of the players of those decades and stuff it's 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 we're we're, we're kind of in football in terms we're kind of passing down the the, the kind of tales our heritage of our club to you know kind of new fans if you want to call it that or younger fans whatever but Personal wise, it's, it's 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 one of the kind of key points in your in your lifetime that, that we were there when we won the cup, and that's always going to be a moment to cherish. And cherish them, you should um, continue for the rest of your days. Is definitely um, it's a, a wonderful period for the club, wonderful period, um, you know, for Scottish football. Um, with a wonderful cup final, and you have summed up perfectly well guys so Scott and Andrew thank you very much um, for, for your time and for sharing your memories of the 1991 Cup Final No Thanks problem very Pleasure Really really enjoyed it I could talk for another hour about it um, without any any problem There's O'Donnell 
Fergus into space for Kirkham, who's doing some good work on the right from Motherwell. Releasing the early cross, there's Ferguson! It's a classic from Motherwell! Now in the final part of this uh, Motherwell Cup final 1991 special. Um, so we've heard from the commentator of Indeed Jock Brown. We've heard from two Motherwell fans who were there. What about the players' perspective? Um, I'm joined by the man who scored the opening goal in that epic final um, against Dundee United. Ian Ferguson. Ian, thanks for coming along. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, John. Thanks for having me, mate. It's uh, always nice to roll back the years and think about the 30 years ago that we won the, the Scottish Cup with Motherwell. So, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit strange. I mean, you've probably been hoping to have been having a reunion or two um, this year, but obviously because of um, current restrictions, it doesn't seem to be possible. I mean, so these sorts of things are probably the best you can do right now. I think that's the case. Um, I've spoken to a couple of the, the ex-players about it and uh, we all realised that it's not safe to, to have any events this year, but it's a shame because we had one for the 25th anniversary and it was good to catch up with the boys and again, we're at another landmark, obviously 30 years since we won the Cup. Uh, it would have been nice to uh, to get together. Always good to see friendly faces and, and it rolled, rolled back the years, really. It's hard to believe it was 30 years ago. I know. I mean, I was only ten years old, and it was the second cup final I watched, and it was, um, and it's still. Though there's been a couple not bad ones um, since then, um, this one's by far the best because of the stories involved. So, um, in terms of your journey um, to this cup final, I actually started in December 1990 when you signed for the club. Um, after, I mean, because I understand you're a local boy and that you were playing for the boys' club, but you didn't. Um, but you went elsewhere, and then what was it like when you finally signed for Motherwell? Well, as you say, that I played before Park Boys Club, um, and again, I, I, I get the opportunity to sign for Dundee on schoolboy forms when I was 13. Uh, they actually signed me on my 13th birthday, because that was as quick as they, they could actually do it. They'd been coming to my house for about a year. Uh, we did approach, uh, because I was at the Boys Club at the time, I think Ian St John was the manager at Murrow. Uh, and again, the, the Boys Club managers just said to him that, did they want to sign me? Because obviously I would have looked at signing for Motherwell as well. But he, he, he thought I was too young. So I signed for Dundee and in a, a roundabout way, many years later, I came back to my local team and we managed to, to do something that hadn't been done for a number of years and uh, win the Scottish Cup. So it was a great story from me going, uh, applying my trade elsewhere. And then I did actually think that uh, Motherwell would have been my final club. But unfortunately, after the cup final, myself and me, Tommy fell out. So he uh, made my life a wee bit of a misery for a wee while <laughs> until he moved me on again. So uh, that was the unfortunate aspect of the move. But uh, it was great to to come back to my local club uh, and have the good fortune to play in a really good team, uh, a really good mixture of youth and experience at the time. Uh, and we gelled. We gelled very well and... We went on that cup run. We had a we had a decent run in the league as well. Um, and again, as a local boy growing up in Newt Hill, um, it was great to be able to win the, a major a major trophy in Scotland with, with my local team. Yeah, certainly a great story. And um, it all started um, against the holders, my team, Aberdeen. Um, and you know, I don't think many outside your squad 
would have um, predicted Mullows went up to Pataudry and won. But how did um, you guys feel going up to Aberdeen? Because obviously Aberdeen defending um, the holders of the trophies, we say, there was a year they lost the league in the last day of the season to Rangers. So it was a pretty decent Aberdeen team. But how did you guys approach it as well? Um, even add to the fact you hadn't won at Pataudry in 26 years, I understand as well. Well, Motherwell had the one. I'd won there before. I will, yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. I, think, I, think, I think we had a, we had a, a really good mix in that team that we were only really scared to take on the Aberdeen Rangers Celtics. We had good results against them all. Uh, and I think going up there that day, as you quite rightly say, we would be underdogs and quite rightly so. But um, we put up a good show. I mean, I, I remember obviously Stevie Kip coming on and scoring the goal. That's what Stevie was renowned for during that cup run, but uh, he, I actually took off that day and Stevie came on and, and scored the winning goal. But we, we always had the the chance of doing that. When you've got a team that's got Phil O'Donnell, Tom Boyd, David Cooper, Stevie Kirk, myself, I had a bit of experience, and Bobby Russell, players like that. And then I think we always had the confidence in ourselves that wherever we went to, we would put up a good show. And if the if you had the breaks in the cup, everybody needs a bit of a luck, a bit of luck in a in a cup run. They always say that the best team wins the league, which is probably true. But sometimes you can go on a wee run in the cup, and you can say, well, the the, the phrase the names on it. Uh, as the cup run went on, we had a few obstacles to overcome, and we did ride our luck a wee bit. But you need to do that to win a cup a cup competition. So again, it started at Petardry. Whereas you quite rightly say, no one would uh, outside our team and supporters would probably give us an earthly winning up there, but uh, we managed to pull off a, a kind of a shock result. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, in, in that respect, I mean, it was two Premier League teams at the end of the day, so it doesn't quite go down the giant killing route, but still, it was a surprise that Mother won that day. Uh, next up, Falkirk. Um, you know, what I like looking at, um, at that game, even though I'm a, I'm a neutral, um, is that Absolute full house, and it was um, a Falkirk side that won promotion that season, and twice they pulled back to um, to two two before um, Super Sub Kirk um, struck again, and Kusak uh, yeah. scored a scream of a goal. What do you, what's your recollections of that one? Yeah, again, a, a really good Falkirk team. They had a lot of really good players in that in that squad, and as you say, they won the first division the year before. They came in, and I think they felt. Uh, probably hard done by that day as well because a really fought, a tight, uh, hard fought game, and we managed to edge it out three two. But again, it could have went either way. But uh, I think for a neutral or for any fans going to watch a cup tie, it was blood and thunder, and both teams having a go and five goals in a in a, in a cup tie. You can't beat that. But again, fortunately for us, we came out in the the right side of it. Yeah, six goal thriller, four to win, um, and then the, as it transpired, your heart, um, your, you, you talk about some of the luck in the cup. Um, the performances against Morton, um, especially in the first game, um, wasn't weren't particularly great. Um, Morton were, were a tricky side, nil uh, nil at, um, at home, and then at Capolo, um, another bit of a sloggy um, taking to penalty kicks after one each. Um, you were one of the scorers and Morton missed just the one, but Mullow scored all five. I mean, how big a relief was it to get through that tie as much as anything else? Well, I think it's a big relief. I mean, Morton is just quite right to say. I mean, there was no easy games in the Scottish Division that time. And Morton at Capital was a very, very difficult place to go. So I think we looked at the opportunity. We should have probably 
won the game at Fir Park, but we didn't. We went nothing each, and we went to a replay down there. It was one of those nights down at Capelo as well, heavy park. I think the tide was in, so they always used to say if the tide's in, it was a bit heavier. But again, not much in the game. Went extra time, went to penalties, and I think it showed the quality that we had. We scored all five. So um, again, we rode our luck, but that's that's the, the thing I said to you at the beginning. Maybe our name was on the cup all along, and we just had to get through these difficult places and difficult ties and we managed to get through, so uh, yeah, it was a, a big result on the night. Yeah, it definitely was. And see, before um, the first game, because it was, um, and I'm not meaning to disrespect Morton, but when you get Morton at home and you see Celtic and Rangers have got each other, um, you've avoided Dundee United as well, um, are you thinking ahead of yourself at that point, or um, was it just a case of that Morton did their homework and made it more, more difficult than you perhaps thought it might be? I certainly wouldn't have thought we would be getting ahead of ourselves because at that stage, you're just looking to progress. If you're pulling Morton at home instead of pulling Rangers or Celtic and Dundee United, then you'd be happy. But again, Morton would be happy to pull us instead of Rangers, Celtic or Dundee United. So two teams who were trying to get through the next round of the Cup, it was a, I don't think it was a very good game at all, the first leg. Uh, and again, even the, even the one down at Campbell probably was a hard-fought, scrappy, not a great entertainment to watch, but again, in the cup scenario, the result was the be-all and end-all. So even though it took us to extra taking penalties, we managed to get through there in the next round. So uh, very happy with the result, maybe not the performances, that's all. Yeah, and then, well, if if some people are underestimating Morton um, in the quarterfinals, you couldn't underestimate the semi-final points because it happened to be Celtic. Um, I know Celtic weren't great at the time they were going through their transitional um, period and their financial problems but they still were good enough to beat Rangers in the previous round um, and when you when you look at that draw and um, you know again is it a case of no fear because the pressure's all on Celtic especially that first game in the um, in the Wednesday night or Thursday night whenever it was well the, the, the first game we should have won to be honest I mean I think um, everybody's Agrees that we should have won that game. Uh, I, had a, I had a shot at the last minute of the, the game for about 30 yards and it, it swerved at the last moment, hit the junction of the bar and the crossbar, uh, the post and the crossbar. And we all probably looked at it and went, maybe that was our chance. And I mean, we had a, a chance to beat Celtic in the semi final at Hamden uh, and we played well that night. What I, what I can remember, and I think uh, both myself and David Cooper walked off the pitch at the end and thought, that maybe was our chance because it was the last minute of the game. If, the, if that went in, there was no way back for Celtic. But again, we, we went to the replay and put up a great show. Um, Dougie Arnott that night was outstanding uh, in the replay. And again, Kirky came off the bench just to put the icing on the cake. But and Colin O'Neill's wonderful goal, obviously. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, of course. A great I mean, performance and a great memories, I would imagine, for Murrow supporters who remember these games because it was. It was uh, quite heavy rain that night and a slippy surface and then we went behind to Celtic as well so to fight back and come from behind and again obviously a couple of wonderful goals at the end with Colin O'Neill and Stevie Kirk. I think that's, that's the big thing about, about that game. You know, you were um, behind twice in the game in the first half. You know, you go down to one at half time. A lot of teams in a National Cup semi-final you think, oh, that's it. Um, they're not going to come back. Um, but it just shows the spirit that Muddle had at that time. I mean, 
you rightly point out um, Colin Neal's goal, um, which, you know, don't know what the distance is, Carlisle to Hamden now. Um, yeah. Steve Kirk's wonderful chip, but a goal that's overlooked that game for how good it was in terms of its quality and its bravery. Dougie Arnott's header is a brilliant header. Oh, Dougie was a, a great player for Motherwell, great player to play with. He had no fear of me, man, and he could turn the defenders inside out and he would put his head in in dangerous situations and try to get a try to get on the end of things. So, a great goal, as you quite rightly say, but he had a great performance that night, Dougie. But I think when you've got a team, as I said at the beginning of the, the interview, with the players who were in it at the time, we had quite a lot of experience. Craig Parson at the back, myself had played in UEFA Cup finals. Coop had been at Rangers for years. Bobby Russell was playing. Again, you had the likes of Tom Boyd, Phil O'Donnell coming up as younger players. Chris McCart, Jim Griffin, steady, steady players. Ian Angus, who had obviously played with Aberdeen as well, and he was a great player. So I think we'd, we, Tommy, had put together a, a good mix and a blend of players. And certainly some of the other, some of the boys like myself and Cook and uh, Craigie Parson, we'd won at Hamden before. We'd had the experience of getting through semi-finals, getting to finals. So I think that helped in, in the... In the mix of the team and the the fact that we wouldn't give up, we would always know keep going because you know what, anything can happen in a cup tie, anything can happen in a big semi final game, and just because you go a goal behind, you're not going to give up. Exactly, and uh, your form getting into the cup final continued to improve. Um, you know, it's not as if you wound down for the cup final. I mean, you beat Rangers in the penultimate game of the season, three nothing at home. Yeah. You know that just shows that you weren't taking your foot off the gas. And when I look at the the starting lineup, um, and I think of some of the guys who missed out. You know, I know Nick Cusack was injured, but John Philbin wasn't in the squad because I know there was only two subs in those days. Um, there was uh, Bobby Russell. You mentioned wasn't in the squad. Um, Paul McGrath was still young. God bless him. Um, Jamie Dolan didn't make this. Didn't make the bench. You know that's quite um, a good caliber player to leave out. Well, I think you, when you point out that there was only two substitute positions there, so again it was quite tight to get into the starting lineup, and then obviously there's only two people on the bench, and for whatever tactical reason, and whoever the manager would decide to put on the bench in case you needed them. Stevie Kip probably had one of the bench slots to himself for quite a wee while, <laughs> but he would just, whoever was in rotation would sit next to Kirky. But uh, again, it was quite tight. It was quite tight to get in the team. There was a few boys pushing for places and guys like John Phillip. And I think John played in every game, every round, apart from the cup final, which must have been very difficult. I know I've spoken to John about this uh, and obviously he wasn't happy. No one would be. And I think even although the, he played a massive part along with Nick Cusack in getting the club and getting the team to the final, not to participate in the showcase and the way it turned out. The people who will be remembered will be the guys who started and the guys who scored and the guys who were on the pitch. But you can't forget the massive contribution of John Phillip and Nick Cusack, boys along those lines, who a great contribution to get us there. We, we managed to win the final, but... Without their contribution, we wouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. It's just um, a shame in those days. There was a, the medals only went to those who, who were in in the final um, squad, and they didn't hand them out further down. But like modern day, in terms of the build up itself um, to the final, I mean, um, obviously there would have been lots of um, local shops with um, you know the Clarton Amber Bunting, the the cakes and the uh, and display. I mean, what do you recall in terms of the build up in um, the the town of Motherwell? 
Well, again, we didn't really get into the town centre in Mullow too much. Before the game, we were preparing, obviously, as we would normally do. We had a lot of games on, as you quite rightly say. We, we beat Rangers 3 nothing the, the near the end of the season as well, and we were hitting a good bit of form. But we just went about our business as normal, really. Uh, the build-up to the actual game, then you could feel the excitement gathering with the ticket office being queued out and people turning up at the, the ground and all the, the interviews that go along with cup finals. Again, we had the experienced boys who had, we'd, we'd all experienced that before and you knew the build-up would be kind of busy and people would want a bit of you and they would want interviews here and interviews there. But we just tried to concentrate on our training and the preparation for the game. And uh, beforehand, uh, we were taken away to, I'm sure we went to the Irvine, to hotel down in Irvine to stay for a couple of nights before the game and prepare. Uh, and then obviously you had the, the, the very sad news that Tommy and, and Jim McLean had lost their father as well. So that, that put a wee kind of mood over the camp and Tommy didn't come down until the night before the game. So we had big time taking training and organising this. But yeah, we were, we were there as a, collectively as a unit and a team. We, we could see uh, on the TV and stuff the build up to the game and people getting interviewed and, and we, we had all the footage. But we didn't really start to experience that until the day of the game and the drive up when you could see all the Murrow and Dunn United fans going to Hamden. Very strange that there was no old firm involved in a major cup final and they did call it the family Cup final and it was its class is one of the best probably probably not one of the best defended when there's seven goals you know what I mean but great for great for neutrals and great for fans to watch they had everything in the game uh, and again the build up to the game because I'd been I'd done it before Coop had done it before Craigie Patterson had done it before Ian Angus had been there before we, we had a good bit of experience that we could help the, the other players who probably hadn't experienced a cup final just to take the take the nerves away, calm down, concentrate in the game. There's an old adage: you play the play the game, not the occasion. And if we knew we'd played against Dundee United, then we were more than a match for Dundee United. Uh, and we knew that if we approached the game in the right manner, we had we had more than enough in our team to win the cup, and that's how it proved. Yeah, and and for you, um, getting get into the cup final, you know this is um, this is your third cup final. How much does this weigh in your mind, thinking this is this could be what turned out to be your last chance? But um, did you think that this is my last chance? Um, did that play in your mind, or was it just all about the team at this point? Well, it was it was it's always all about the team. You always like you, you look at your own personal performance. I mean, it was my third Scottish Cup final. I'd won. That's the what I'm Cup talking about. Yeah. yeah, and this was my third Scottish Cup final, and and. <laughs> The, the unfortunate thing was I'd lost both of those Scottish Cup finals with the team that I was playing against. Uh, it's no great coincidence that I won two, two trophies uh, in my, my time in, Scot- in Scottish football. In both Cup finals, I played against Dundee United and I also lost two and I was playing with them. So, again, I remember vividly standing in the, in the tunnel with David Cooper and Cooper was in front of me and... We did a bit of shouting to try and motivate the players. And, and my comment was, right, get into this mob. They don't know how to play at Hamden. <laughs> and I had played with half of them. And they kind of looked at me and went, I said, well, it's true, isn't it, really? But again, it, it was just one of those things that I was getting my point across that they had, they had some fantastic players. I had, I had two really good seasons at Dundee United. We were very fortunate. And I was very fortunate to play in a team that was so attack-minded. And Jim McLean, God rest him, he's just passed away, was way beyond these years. And uh, 
he, they certainly didn't uh, they didn't get as much success as they deserved to get. They got to cup finals without getting over that final hurdle. They, they did win a couple, but they never managed to do it under Jim at, at Hamden, which I thought was uh, it was a, a shame, really. Um, more credit to him for getting them there on a regular basis, but unfortunately for him, uh, it was Muggles Day that day as well, and we we walked off the pitch with the trophy, and and I had to go round about some of my ex teammates and pull them up off the ground, and uh, it wasn't a wasn't a nice thing to do. It, I enjoyed my celebrations afterwards, but uh, just that wee bit after the game when I when I had to go to David Bowman's and Jim McInally's, John Clark's, people along those lines, and and Morris Malpass, boys who I'd played with and had a lot of success with. Uh, it wasn't an easy job to pick them up off the off the turf and could try and console them, and then I went to celebrate. So, yeah, yeah, yeah pick them up and then um, see they're okay, and then you go celebrate quite right. And that's all you can. That's all you can do. It's all you can do. I think it's a bit of respect. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of respect to between players, especially because I'd played in the same team as them. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, it was it was a difficult day, but it wouldn't certainly wouldn't hamper. Uh, my celebrations when we got away from Hamden. Uh, definitely not. And um, it, it, it turns out to be a class. I mean, Dundee United had a um, couple of chances early on. The, the one that Freddie Van Duren hits the, into the post goes out for a bye kick still um, reverts my memory. And then and then you start the move and play a nice ball out to Jim Griffin, who puts a perfect cross and great header by yourself. Um, just, just describe that feeling of what it's like to score in a Scottish Cup final. Well, again, I, I was, I was, I, I get, I guess, I was never everybody's cup of tea as a player. I played the way I like to play. I managed to have a decent career, and the one thing I did, I did like was the big occasions. The big occasions didn't really hamper me in any respect. I think I had the, I had the, the experience, and I didn't get nervous, and I had the temperament to play in the bigger games, and I could just play my game. And if a chance came, then I knew I would put it in. So, again, that move for the first goal. Um, I started to move off got the, got the ball probably 40-50 yards from Dundee United's goal played Jim Griffin up the line and all I did I was always taught after I've done my job get in the box because that's the only place you can score a goal so uh, I made my way into the box and I could see it coming when Jim uh, I think he took somebody on at the byline and he just he didn't even look up he just played it in his space and I could see the flight of the ball all the way in uh, there was a photograph of how high I got up to to stretch my neck to put it in but uh, if you want it enough then you get on the end of it and thankfully I timed it reasonably well and managed to direct it into the top corner so it was uh, a great start and a great feeling to score uh, in another cup final because I'd done that before but it was a, it was a great feeling to, to get on the score sheet yeah, without a doubt, and um, as things transpired, obviously when you scored in the League Cup <coughs> final, it proved to be um, part part of a winning team, and then this also proves to be the same. But there was yeah. a lot going on. It wasn't the winning goal because there was a lot happened um, in between. And uh, starting off with uh, Ali Maxwell um, getting clattered by John Clark, and ended up with broken ribs. But because there was no substitute goalkeeper, um, and there's a fear that Steve Kirk might have to go and goal. Um, he, he bravely played on, but um, it did affect him for a wee bit because uh, this he, he possibly, if he hadn't been injured, might have got down to that Dave Bowman shot. I mean, how worrying was uh, that initial period when he got injured? Well, well, again, you played in an era where football players would tell everybody, just get up, what's wrong with you? You're not case now. I mean, there's nothing wrong. We, we were always uh, thinking there was nothing wrong with him. 
Uh, I would like to run into big Clarkie myself. I mean, John Clark's a big fella. And if he clatters you, then you're going to feel that. But again, the, the goalkeepers were used to going over at all how bad uh, Ali's injury was. So we didn't really probably take any account until after the game that he was in such pain and uh, he was hampered for coming out for things. I mean, the last goal Dan Jackson gets, I think if he's if he's fully fit, he saves that as well because he, he comes out and he, he wins that ball. But again, all credit to him. Uh, somebody said to me, we did the things for the 25th anniversary and they, they actually said to me, who do you think was man of the match that day? I didn't think it at the time, but having, having watched it again, I would have gave it to Maxi just because of his bravery and the way he carried on playing. And I mean, he, he ended up in hospital after the match when we were all out and stuff. So, um, yeah, very brave performance. Uh, and it was, it was unfortunate that that happened. But it just shows you the challenges today in comparison. I mean... Are crazy. I mean, it's a non-event when they get touched. Touched just now. I mean, they blow them over. And they they do three parades and and they're all injured. But I mean, Maxi played on for God knows how long he played on for. But he go go to the end of the game and then extra time. Uh, we I think he had two or three broken ribs and he, he was he was in a hell of a lot of pain. So all credit to him and a, a very uh, brave and memorable performance from Mali. So uh, all credit to the boy. See, to be fair to you, um, for that saving extra time for Morris Palpas alone, that diving tip in oh, the yeah. top corner, he probably deserved yeah. the man in match for that alone. And someone else who was brave in that cup final was Phil O'Donnell. Um, lots yeah. of feet high up in the air and he just flung himself, just showed determination to get that ball and head it in the back of the net. His first goal for the club. And um, what a moment, um, God rest him. Yeah, I mean, Phil, uh, young Phil was a, a fantastic footballer and, and such a lovely boy. Uh, I mean, he was obviously young Phil to us. He was just breaking into the team, and Coop took him under his wing. Marcel, Bobby Russell, the, the experienced players. We we could see the potential that the boy had. A box to box player. He probably reminded me of Ian Janant when Ian Janant was younger as well. Where they go box to box, goal threat. They would tackle. They would get end to end, and they were so slight. They didn't look as though they could tackle, but they both could. Uh, and I think Phil. He epitomised everything that, about that day when he put his head in, as you quite rightly say, to a crowd of bodies and, and to get his goal. But uh, it's so sad that, that he's passed away so so early in his life. Uh, and again, he, he, he passed away on the football pitch, which was very uh, poignant, I suppose. Against but, United as well. Um, against United. But again, to die at such a, such a young age is... Is a is a real shame, but a fantastic player, fantastic fella, fantastic teammate. Uh, God rest him; he's he's not with us anymore. But no one will ever uh, forget Phil's contribution to to model in general and to and to that day. So yeah, yeah, without a doubt, he's um, he was a super player at that time for Motherwell, and it's um, she rightly says unfortunate what happened um, um, to poor Phil. God bless him, um, and then I mean. When Dan Jack, you mentioned that he class from Dan Jacks because you went 3 1 up 3 9, gets a good goal he scored that day, and then John Neil has one a couple of minutes later. And then when Dan Jackson equalises, a lot of people again would have probably thought this extra time is only going one way, the momentum's reunited. What did Tommy McLean have to say to you guys to say, forget about that, let's get ourselves back in front here? Which obviously ended up happening a few minutes later with Steve Kerr. Quite quick an extra time that goal. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I can be 100% honest here, I wasn't happy of getting took off. So yeah. me, and Tommy, me, me and Tommy had words, uh, which didn't, which probably ended my moral career, to be honest, because uh, he asked me before the game, uh, when he was picking the team down in Irvine on the Friday night before the game, he, he kept me back from the team meeting because he'd named more or less everybody apart from myself or Stevie Kirk. And he said to me, he said, uh, Fergie, I don't I need to know how you're feeling. I'm either going to start with you and put Kirky on <laughs> or start with Kirky and put you on. I said, is this multiple choice? He went, nah. I said, well, start with me and we'll see how it goes. So when I started and I scored the first goal and I thought I was having a, good, a decent game, when he pulled me off, I wasn't happy. So again, from a selfish point of view, that, that was me. I, I wasn't happy at being taken off. Dundee United had equalised and I felt, and I think I was on when it was 2-1 and then he took me off and I, I just, I blew up at him. So, uh, I went into the dressing room, had a cup of tea uh, whilst the game was going on. <laughs> so when I came back out, it was 3-2. And then I saw the the last minute equaliser from Dan Jackson. So again, I did miss uh, a wee bit of the action when I, I went for a cup of tea. So again, people can say about it whatever they want. That was just the way I was. And um, so when I came back out, I watched the extra time period, but um, what Tommy said to everybody would probably the motivational side of things. You had experienced players in the in the the pitch as well, and we all knew it was extra time. It's still up for grabs. We can still win this. And again, you have uh, a match winner or a lucky mascot. Call him what you want, Stevie Kirk. I mean, he managed to get a goal in every round of the tie. Some of them he meant, some of them we can decide whether he meant them or he didn't. <laughs> but again, you have if you've got a talisman and you go back to the initial start of the interview when you say, is your name on the cup? Our name was on that cup for whatever reason. And we'd scraped through quite a few of the ties and probably a lot of teams were looking at us thinking we were quite lucky to be there. But we were there. And it's a cup final. And we're still talking about it 30 years later because... Unfortunately, I've been in the position no one remembers the runners-up. They probably do in the 4-3 the game because it was such a highlighted game and it was two families and it was it was a non-old firm game and it was such a good spectacle. So they probably would remember it was done the United, but there's only one name that goes on the cup at the end of the match and that happened to me. Motherwell's, uh, and it was just a, a great experience to be part of it. And as I said, we are, we are still talking about it 30 years later. Believe me, the two Scottish Cups that I lost with Dundee United, the Dundee United fans and players won't be talking about them and they certainly won't be talking about this one either. No, definitely not. I mean, the thing is, you could name the Motherwell team. Um, you couldn't name the Dundee United team as good as they, they, they were um, because they, they were the ones that lost that final. I mean, um, but, yeah. I mean having that, that cup, I mean... As you rightly said, and I should have mentioned when I mentioned it earlier, you were a League Cup winner, but you hadn't won the Scottish mm. Cup. So, you know, yeah. having that having that medal um, in your hands and having scored in the final, you know, just sum up with that, what that means to you, even 30 years on. Oh, it means everything. I mean, as a local boy, um, as I said, growing up in Newt Hill, playing with Fuck Park Boys Club, I was lucky enough to play on Fuck Park a couple of times with the Boys Club before I left to go to Dundee. And it was always our ambition as kids playing with a boys club that one day you could run out there and play with the first team 
uh, at Fir Park. Unfortunately, I started playing against them most of the time. <laughs> we done the Rangers and Hearts and everybody else. But to go back there as a as an ex boys club player and a local boy, I knew how just how much that meant to all the local people. That the Ravens Craig was closing down at the time. The place was in a bit of a depression. But I'm quite sure a lot of people. I mean, Andy Russell was a groundsman who had been there since I was at the, the the boys club. I mean, the guy was in tears. I mean, he, he, he couldn't. He couldn't speak after the game. He was on an open-top bus with us the next day. Uh, and I joke, I went to Braithurst High. I know it's the SFA School of Excellence, but it certainly wasn't when I was there. And it's the only time an open-top bus has been down towards where they not get bricks through the windows, you know what I mean? But um, it's, it, was, it was great to see all the people out on the streets and being able to be on a, a bus to go through a local community that had had such a hard time. And when you saw the emotion in people's faces and how much it meant to them it just made it all the much better for, for me as a local boy to be part of that and be part of the history of the football club because we are still a massive part of, of Marble Football Club's history uh, for being the, the 1991 team that won the Scottish Cup so no one can ever take it away Exactly, and it did lift a bit of gloom in the, the town at the point, as you rightly say, with the Ravenscraig situation, etc. Um, and I mean, it's, I mean, it's a great great occasion, but when you look back 30 years on in some of the anniversaries, you obviously will be raising your glasses to um, absent friends. We've mentioned one, Phil, um, Davey Cooper, unfortunately, passed away less than four years later. And then two younger players who didn't make the squad that occasion, but um, Jamie Dolan and Paul McGrillan as well. No, just how you know when you when you think about um, those guys, you know, just um, the contributions that they made to the club. Not even just them, you know, being on the pitch and winning things, but just being part of the club and them. Um, how much you miss them? Oh yeah, of course. Every every time we do get together, we we would all be thinking about the boys who were in that squad of players. There's four boys who are no longer with us. Um, and again, obviously everybody knows about Coop and Phil because they were more high-profile players in the old firm and stuff. But young Jamie Dolan, I mean, I used to have a laugh with Jamie. He, he came from Salisbury. My father was born in Salisbury. And I used to call him Spider-Man because i never seen anybody crawl with me, Tommy, as much in my life. But uh, he liked me. Me and Jamie had a bad banter. And I liked him and he liked me. And, uh, and he, he was just such a, a really dependable player. You could put Jamie in any position. He would run his guts out for you and he would tackle, he would do whatever and then give the ball to somebody else and go on, you go and I'll get it back when you lose it again. Uh, we Paul McGrillan was a wee pest, but we all loved him to death. He was, when I say a pest, he was one of those wee boys and I used to have a laugh and I'd like to think even when I fell out of favour with me, Tommy, I, I kind of helped Paul in the reserve team and showed him a few different things as I was getting near the end of my career at that time. But he was a, a buoyant player. He was live wire in the dressing room. He would have a go, and he, he was a he was a, a good boy to have about the place. But again, uh, for whatever reasons, these boys aren't here anymore. It's very sad to think about, but we, we don't forget them. We 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 always remember them when we get together, and we wish they were here, but unfortunately they're not. So we would raise a glass or two. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely, and hopefully they're all looking down smiling um, um, when they think about Motherwell Football Club and um, what what they achieved there. Um, and you know, as we say, we're we're thirty thirty years on. You know, it, um, 
unfortunately you're not going to get reunions and stuff but um, happy time happy times um, for you as a player I mean unfortunately you mentioned the, the follow up with Tommy um, I just need to ask quickly before we, we finish up I mean has anything been been said between the two yet ever since has there been any patching up or is it still water under the bridge or what was the situation oh no I'm I'm a I don't hold grudges. I don't do anything like that. I mean, me and Tommy, we never, we certainly didn't make up. But uh, uh, no, no. I mean, there wouldn't be any uh, any making up to do. I was, I was a professional player. I was over thirty at the time, and basically, I was thinking, right, okay, I just, uh, I need to get away. And, and Tommy and me never really seen eye to eye. He put me periodically. He would put me back in the team and take me out. Put me back in, take me out. But again, we just didn't hit it off. So it was the only thing that tarnished my move back to Mullwell because, uh, again, I, I went back to my local club thinking I'll finish my career here. But uh, I had to move on after that as well. So, you know what? No grudges. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of the, the squad that won the, the Scottish Cup with Mullwell. Happy that he was my manager. Uh, I know... I don't think he's been keeping too well either. Uh, big Tom Forsyth, obviously, again, Tom passed away like the, the, this year as well, or last year. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm was i back working in the hospitality at Ibrooks at Rangers. If we get back in there, then hopefully we'd go back and do that again. But uh, I sort of kicked about with Big Tommy, Big Tom Forsyth and Ali Dawson. And Big Tom will be sorely missed as well. Great character to have in the dressing room. Great foil for me, Tommy, because Tam was a minder. If anybody was getting out of hand, he would take control, you know what I mean? But uh, a lovely gentleman of a of a man uh, who, again, is part of that squad who is no longer with us. Uh, so he goes into the same category as the four players and Tommy's not there any longer, but he certainly is in all our thoughts, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Mother Wolves haven't won the Cup since uh, 1990. Um, I mean, they've been unfortunate in a couple of finals that they've uh, ran into Rangers in the League Cup and then Celtic in the League Cup and two Scottish Cup finals. So it's yeah. uh, it's um, pretty tricky. Um, but it would be great. It would be great for Mother if they did um, win the Cup again. Although as an Aberdeen fan, it's our turn first. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but, um, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. Um, but just um, in terms for you, I mean, it must mean everything. You no, know, just to wrap up, um, must mean everything to you, local boy. Scoring the um in the Scottish Cup final, getting your first Scottish Cup, and um, writing yourself a Motherwell Fortler. Yeah, I mean, as I said to you before, no one can take it away. The history books are there for everybody to read, uh, and when they come up with the goal scorers, I'm one of them. So uh, a great day, uh, something that is still fresh in the memory. When uh, with as an ex player, we don't I, I don't know any of us. I don't watch old footage of ourselves or anything. Every now and again, if you get invited to something, they'll put something on and they'll say, well, this was 20 years ago. And I was I was fortunate in my career. I scored goals. So people always remember the, the goals that you scored in a cup final or the European nights or, or whatever. <laughs> and I'm, I managed to accumulate quite a lot of them. So when you finish your career, that's the thing that people talk about. But um, certainly, certainly it's fond memories. Uh, it would be great to get together with all my ex-teammates, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. So the Marvel fans will just have to put a rerun of the game on YouTube and, and sit and have a glass of beer and, and watch what they used to be like. So uh, it's funny. I was at one of the cup finals. We invited along to one of the cup finals and Colin, Colin and he was sitting beside me. 
and and he says, Fergie, do you want them to win? I says, ah, of course I do. He says, I don't. He says, they'll never ask you back again. <laughs> so he says, yeah, I don't think he wanted the, the Murrow team to win, so he would take his mantle away. So as long as we're the last team to win the Scottish Cup, we'll keep getting invited back. But unfortunately, we, we don't get back together anywhere near enough. So it's, it's good to celebrate 30 years of a, uh, of a historic win, but it would have been nice to have, get everybody in the same room. Yeah, it would be good. And hopefully when once all this blows over, um you can, and everyone's got their vaccine, etc., that um you'll be able to get a belated um um reunion. Maybe it'll be thirty one years, um, who knows? But um you just gotta appreciate the times we're here. But Ian, um thanks very much for your time and sharing your accounts of a wonderful day from a wonderful cup final from um a model perspective and from a neutral asset and I have enjoyed looking back at this um, with you all and thanks very much for your time. No problem. Lane's in trouble, there's Steve Kirk! The Super Sub has done it again! And Motherwell are back in front! And the final whistle is gone! Motherwell have won the cup!